Hey, MFM, see you on the lift. Back attack, dude. Fun for Hey, your homies. Slide down the big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice burgundy snowboard. Another beautiful day here at the Bomb Hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Today, we have Mikey LeBlanc in the booth. How are you feeling today, Michael? Uh, I am loving it. Beautiful spring day. How are you, though, more importantly? I'm happy to be here. I love chatting with these guests mm-hmm. that we got. Uh, we got Ilva in the booth today. Ilva, how are you doing? I'm doing so good. Thank mm. you. Thanks for having me. We're happy that you're here. And for our listeners that are unfamiliar with who you are, uh, Ilva is a professional snowboarder from Iceland. She is Slush Mag's 2021 Rookie of the Year. Recently, she has landed herself two magazine covers in the past year. Uh, she's filmed some incredible video parts, including back-to-back Enders in the Uninvited films, as well as some series Heat in the latest project, Hot Cocoa. If you haven't seen that, you guys got to check it out. Uh, her excitement for snowboarding is infectious. Her board control is off the chart. And she's a true gem to the snowboard community, Ilva. So uh, I'm going to tra- take a stab at maybe saying your last name, because I look at it, there's a lot of there's a lot of hyphens and kind of letters, but it's Ilva Runa's daughter. Yeah. Was I close? Um, pretty close. Runa's yeah. Runa's daughter. Runa's daughter. Runa's daughter. Yeah. So you're from Iceland. I'm from Iceland. You guys yeah. speak Icelandic. Icelandic, correct. How, how was it growing up over there? Uh, really, really good. I love Iceland, and I think if I didn't snowboard, I would live in Iceland for sure. Uh, it's a great country. Everyone should go visit. That says. I wanted to go visit Iceland. Like, I've been wanting it forever. But yeah, sell, you sell us, sell us on Iceland. Sell us. Yeah. So I think first and foremost, it's like great people. People are like used to having crazy weather, having to adjust. Just like all in all, very present. I think because you cannot just live after a schedule. Like everyone's gonna be late or way ahead of time because they're just running it how it goes, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I think. Just like the nature just complements that. Like it's wild and crazy and still beautiful because it has so much character. It's a bit different um, than many other like islands because it's, it's a really big island but very little population. So, yeah. so the, since it's so coastal, you guys get wild weather because there's so yeah. much. It just fluctuates mm-hmm. rapidly. A lot of wind and storms and yeah. You guys could have a motto. It could be like Iceland, never on schedule, always on time. Something like that. That would be great. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So um, let's talk about um, let's talk about candy. Candy. I heard you're a candy fanatic. I am a candy fanatic. I do have a surprise for you too. Oh, you got a surprise for me. I got a surprise for you. <laughs> okay. Okay. But yeah, what do we got? Let's 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 swap. Let's okay. swap. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm not it. sure. Do you guys drink alcohol? I don't. Okay. I do don't, you? I don't either. No. Okay. It's then you'll have to give it to some friends. This is like a, a licorice shot. Ooh, that's wow. uh, that's culture. Maybe I'll right start there. drinking again. Delicious. It's been six years, <laughs> but it could be worth it. But these you can try. This is something you're gonna love. Okay. Wow. Are these from Iceland or where are these? From? No. So I haven't been in Iceland for a little bit, but I came from Sweden. So okay. these are all from Sweden. Um, but yeah, this one is gonna be a, a pleasant surprise mm. for you, Chris. Let's hit it. Oh yeah. It's called yate. <laughs> yeah. Yet the salta. Yet the salta. 
Very salty, it means. Wow. Really? Yeah. This looks like and a that's salt candy. Uh, pill, basically, is what this is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, would you like to try that? I would love to try that. Right. You're going to regret that. Yep, this salt. I like <laughs> I like salted herring. I like weird stuff. Hell yeah. So. How are you feeling about so this? So this is Chris? technically candy. <laughs> this is candy. This yeah, is like disgusting. Wow. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. Does it, you eat that like and enjoy it? Yeah. I gotta wash it out. Yeah, of my I'll mouth. smash a bag of that in like no time. <laughs> like something if you were sick shit. or something. <laughs> this is the I I like it. It's good. Oh yeah. god. Yeah, I'm feeling this. Keep the rest or uh, have it as a surprise. It's like for a friends. salted toffee kind of. Uh. Yeah, and this this has the flavor of what you just ate, but it's alcohol. And wow. every like teenager in Iceland, when they start <laughs> drinking, they go crazy. Of not exactly this one, but the Icelandic version. So that's version like a of candy drink, because that's almost like. Yeah, it's like twenty one percent, so it's like a shot, but it tastes only like black licorice candy. Mm. Yeah. Well, first of all, <laughs> uh, black licorice is fucking disgusting <laughs> and i believe that anybody that likes it should uh be put in a mental hospital so that's my take oh wow so we have some real uh american candy actually I don't know if it's american or not but it's american to me haribo gummy bears uh, i think that's danish no <laughs> <laughs> isn't Could it yeah, i'm sure wow. you've had those i'm down i love them we also have i got i did get some black licorice uh nice do you ever eat these have you tried these so, These I don't think the black licorice here is the same because yeah. it's kind of sweet. It's not so salty. No, this is this is still. <laughs> it's not sweet. Oh, okay. It's like we'll eat, try. It's we'll like try. eating a piece of chalk. I'm gonna get in there with you just because. Okay. It's, I'm going back in on the Yachty Saltis. Oh, he likes them. Mm. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. So what a what a party we're having, I guys! Think you're gonna eat that and actually enjoy it. So we have licorice beans as well. Yeah, we'll take them. Just the smell. Just this the one smell you're gonna alone. like. This is just candy. Uh, like this is like uh, it's like Jägermeister. This mm. is like take like a this dry like Jägermeister. Throw me one of those black mm -hmm. grease. I got you. One more. Oh. These yate saltes are good. Dude, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, that is fucking disgusting. Yeah, this is not like Scandinavian level. Is this horrible. is sweet. I like salty <clears throat> when I, it's salty licorice, but it's good. It's I like all the candies. So, you know what thank you like, so much, Chris. If I had the option of like eating black licorice or getting like waterboarded, <laughs> I think I'd go waterboard. Mm -hmm. Really anti. They should make it illegal. I think they should make it illegal in this country. <laughs> uh, all right. So, all right. but you're you guys are down. So you're you're pro black licorice is what you're telling me. Yeah, okay. yeah. I think most candies are either just salty black licorice or combined salty black licorice with chocolate. Mm. That's Iceland. What's what about what about Swedish fish? <laughs> Swedish fish is so funny because I don't think that's sweet is at all. Like, I've never seen it in Sweden, but it's probably good. I don't know if I've ever even tried it. It's really good. Mm. <laughs> Mike? I mean, I'll eat He's it. more into this. Yeah. Old people, it's like uh, old people candy that's just, gr it's just gross and dry. <laughs> and What's your favorite brand of black licorice? Wow. I don't know. There are so many. So many. Not one you crave. Mm-mm. All right, so you grew up in mm. uh, Iceland. How did you find mm -hmm. snowboarding? Mm. I started skateboarding um, with my brother. We got a skateboard together for... So we have this... Um, in Iceland, there's a day called first day of summer. And then usually parents give their kids like uh, kind of a toy to play with in summer. And we got a skateboard together. It was mm. a Crazy Creek skateboard, which is like 
an intersport brand, kind of like um, no brand in skateboarding really, but but we skated it so much. We broke the tail and the nose before we got like a dackage. So who's, that was pretty we? sick. Me and my brother, okay, we got, got it, it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I just loved it. I thought it was really, really fun from the start. And then I wanted to snowboard because of that. Mm. And um, yeah, my family never skied and never went to any ski resorts or anything. So it was kind of a little bit out of the blue. I mean, not fully because of skateboarding, but yeah, I wanted a snowboard and I asked for a snowboard for a while and then I got a snowboard for Christmas when I was 14. Mm. And um, yeah, my mom bought it off Blunt Pundres, which is similar to Craigslist, I guess. Uh, found like a like a complete package with bindings, boots, and a board. And the boots were like three sizes too big. And she was like, she's going to grow in them. And, <laughs> and I still wear the same size shoe than when she bought them. So I've never fitted my first snowboard boots, which is pretty funny. And yeah, that's how it started. And um, like a year later, I went up ending to go to like my first ski resort. And yeah, I just started like behind my house kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For, forgive my mm-hmm. ignorance for not knowing or studying, but does does Iceland have like ski resorts and stuff? Um, yeah, there is a couple, but um, not that reliable, I'd say. So like, I'm from Reykjavik, which is the which is the city, and it's in south. And um, I think that first winter, I like started snowboarding. My resort was open like three days throughout the season, just like one day open here and one day open there. So there's like like not a not a season that you can count on, but there's like gonna be a week where the resort is open. Mm-hmm. But when you go up further north or like west or different sides of the country, you have ski resorts that are more reliable because they I guess they get more snow and and they can some places they can make snow which they couldn't in like my home resort because it was like a water protected area, so it was too expensive to make snow. Um, but yeah, it was like forty minutes from my house. It was the closest ski resort to me. And then eventually, you went over to Sweden to mm-hmm. snowboard. Yeah, yeah. So I think like the first year I started, or second year, I think I was fifteen when um, when I got. It's really crazy. I got sponsored because of skateboarding. Uh, mm. Because I was uh, I was skateboarding in the Nikita backyard, mm. and I don't know if everyone out there is familiar with. The fact that Nikita is an Icelandic company mm-hmm. from the start. Like, there's amazing Icelandic woman, Heida, yeah. started the company. And, um, and yeah, they had, a, they had a store downtown Reykjavik. And, and they, ha- they would have an event called uh, Nikita Skate. So there's a mini in the backyard. And then they would get, like, corrugated pipes and, like, a box or something in the backyard. And... And the first year I went there, I was only skateboarding, and I was looking at the snowboarders, and I was like, oh, my God, I want to <laughs> do this. That looks so cool. And, um, yeah, I ended up doing that the year after. Like, I, I went and skate and snowboarded both. And, yeah, I, I was just always hanging out there. So I got, like, a pair of uh, Nikita snow pants. So I got kind of, like, sponsored through Nikita at that time, like, with gear. And um, and then through that... Uh, Haller and Aiki heard about me because they were hosting their first ever lobster snow camp. So they, the year they started Lobster Snowboards, they like made a made a camp up in where they're from, north of Iceland, for kids. And um, 
I was 15 and I was asked to come coach. I didn't really know how to ollie or almost anything, but um, they wanted a girl coach as well. And there wasn't really anyone that was fully into it at that time, I guess. Mm. Um, and yeah, through Nikita, they ended up like asking if I could come and coach at that camp. And, and the kids were 14 and I was 15. So <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And there was two girls that showed up to the camp and I think I like could show them around a bit. So it was a success. But most of the guys at the camp were just my friends who I like would skateboard with. So that was really fun. Like I was the, I guess, participant and the coach at the same time. It was really cool. And um, yeah, they just kind of like, they both and more Icelandic guys at that time had went to school in Sweden, like a snowboarding school kind of thing. And they were like, if you want to keep snowboarding, you should go to Sweden. It's like really sick. They have snow parks and like, we didn't have a snow park or anything. Like it was just like shaping a side hit at your hill. And um, they were like kind of hyping that up. Like you should go, it's really sick. And, and I was like, wow, that's so cool. So that's when I went to Sweden. And um, I did apply for the school that they went to, but I, I didn't got into that. So yeah, so I went to school in Sweden, also like somewhat of a snowboarding school, but not the school that they had went to, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I noticed when mm -hmm. I watch you snowboard, I feel like you have really sound fundamentals, the way you like pop and board control and air awareness. Do you attribute that to like snowboarding a lot at a younger age at the schools or how did you, how did you get that board control? You feel like? Wow. Thank you. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I like, I've always been very like a feeling person. Like I like to f feel, feel it in a way. I don't know how to put it, but, um, I wouldn't be too crazy about like learning all the tricks. I just wanted to feel good and like do the things that felt good. And I think from that board control comes when you, when you're actually trying to feel where is my back foot now? Where's my front foot? What am I doing with my weight? And then later on, I mean, with injuries and stuff, you have to adjust that and you have to change your favorite tricks maybe and stuff like that. And, and then if you don't have those fundamentals, it's going to be a bit harder, I think. Yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, just from wanting to, I guess I'm a nerd somehow, somewhat, you know, just wanting to know where my weight is and wanting to know how it works and how can I make it work better in a way. Yeah. 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 I think, I don't know, but also just probably snowboarding a lot. And skateboarding yeah. too, I think, probably skating at it a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess so. Are you, so I was scrolling through your gram, mm. are you, your regular foot snowboarding yeah. and your goofy skateboarder? yeah. I that's, am. That's interesting. Was that I was? Did your first snowboard come with a regular foot stance on it, or what happened there? I did my first season goofy because okay. I thought I was gonna be goofy yeah. as well because, or just like when I was trying to snowboard, I was like, obviously I'm gonna try to skateboard, but, but I found out really soon that I was like better at riding switch, hmm. and then that's probably <laughs> your right way, you know, like. Yeah. Um. So I think I think I've like. I think I know why I do it. I know a lot of people do it, and I know a lot of people are like, I don't know why I do it, but I think I'm just, like, way stronger in my front leg. Mm -hmm. And on a snowboard, I I think all the, like, I guess, movement of, like, turning and, like, mm -hmm. I want to keep it in my, in my like, back leg on a snowboard, but in on skateboarding, I want to turn with my front leg. And, and I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's why I do it. Mm -hmm. Like, I like to turn with, with my right... Mm -hmm. so 
yeah, I think that's where that comes from. Wow. That's yeah. cool. You know what is, I, I'm the same as her, regular yeah. skate, goofy, snowboard regular. Oh, sorry. And I think that actually makes the most sense. I've heard. I think if yeah. you're, you know what's crazy though? I think if you're doing it right, you want to steer with your, you don't necessarily just want to steer with your back. Yeah. Snowboard. But when you learn, yeah. that's how you do it. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just like to have the, the maximal weight on the back leg because mm. maybe I'm stronger there or maybe it's just because I've always done that. I don't mm -hmm. know. And skating, yeah. pushing with your front foot and steering with your over the front trucks, it makes a lot more That makes a lot Yeah, because when you're pushing, you still have to be able to steer and then that is the strong foot that's still on your board. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why. Yeah, yeah I don't that makes know. makes sense. Yeah. Um, we got a buzzer beater question from uh, Jess Kimura. I didn't get to put it oh, in wow. the podcast machine here, so I'm just going to play it. <laughs> uh, in the speaker. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Hey, boys. Hey, Alpha. It's Jess Kimura here with a guest question that I hope will make it in in time. Um, Ilfa, I was just wondering where your air awareness comes from and if you've always just felt like you can cork your stuff naturally. I just feel like when you jump and when you're doing tricks in the air, it just looks so sick like you're so comfortable spinning off axis and i just wanted to know were you in gymnastics or did that come naturally where did that come from wow thank you jess that was that was really really cool to hear big idol uh thank you um yeah no i've never done any gymnastics or anything like that i think my air awareness has come like within time. I don't think I don't think I'm very talented. I think I worked for it like very hard. But um I think that um I think it's like being relaxed, enjoying it in a way because I'm not very often trying to hug something. I'm like trying to do something that feels good. And I and I do like, you know, and it might look rowdy or crazy or whatever, but but in my head I I I want to know what I'm going to do. I I I think that's where air awareness comes from when you like know where you are and you you feel good. Like if you're nervous, I don't think you can like hold it together as well. I don't know where I'm going with this, but you're on um, target. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it doesn't come from. I mean, I did soccer when I was a kid. I don't know. Does that help with? I guess it yeah. helps with some kind of like <laughs> motoris or something. Yeah, body know. mechanics. Yeah, 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 maybe, but. Um, yeah, no, I'm not sure. Like, um, I just think that when you're calm, it it'll show. And like when you feel good in the air and you feel good, like she's talking about corking things. And I really like being upside down because I just think it feels good and it feels fun. It's like, <laughs> it's like, um, I guess some of those tricks are not that like technically hard, but they feel very good. And and that's why it's so nice to be upside down but yeah i don't think i don't know i don't see myself as very controlled and collected like she's saying so i think that's why yeah i don't know the answer to that you yeah. you highlighted uh you kind of breezed over mm -hmm. something while you're getting to the air awareness part but you just mm -hmm. said uh mentioned how you don't feel like you're talented something along the lines of oh. work ethic oriented yeah. do you want to elaborate on that yeah sure i think um yeah i think just like some some people are just very naturally talented at like most things usually it's not just snowboarding whoever i don't know whoever i know that's like very very talented from scratch at snowboarding is usually very talented at anything i think it has to do with like how you shift your focus and like 
how you can just like, um, some of it is probably just how your body's built, but a lot of it might be um, just like some people are so good at shifting focus to one thing. And I don't think that I necessarily have that, but I have just fallen in love with snowboarding. So I've like worked hard at like, you know, testing myself, like just like, oh, this trick looks really scary. I'm going to be able to do that. Like I'm, I'm going to do it, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and I think I'm more of like um, I have to try it and visualize it and like work on it before I try it rather than naturally talented in that way of like just boom and then it's there kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I know plenty yeah. of people that had all the natural talent. I would mm-hmm. be more of the working type, probably Chris too. Yeah. But putting in the time and, and like, like I like what you said about visualizing before mm-hmm. you even try it. Like let's yeah. say you see a trick that you really want to do. You're like that looks cool. It looks scary. Yeah. What's the process? Is this? Are we mm-hmm. talking like a year or a month or a week or that day? Like what's your? I think process? it's like very very different, yeah. and I think that I'm. I'm quite spontaneous as a person overall, so I think I I wouldn't say visualizing is my strong side because I don't like know necessarily that I want to do it in before, but then I'm there and maybe like I saw someone do that last week and I see a feature and I'm like, hey, I could try that there or something, and if it happens naturally, I'll try it. But I'm not too good at planning, mm. I guess. So like maybe visualizing isn't my strong side, even if I'm talking about that. You know how sometimes we talk about things we wish we were and mm-hmm. maybe not exactly how we are. But, but yeah, I, I try to visualize for sure. And especially with like street spots, I think. Like mm-hmm. if you go to the spot the day before and you build it and you kind of like visualize because you don't want to like play around the, the like possibilities of just like, you know, having way too little speed. Or, you know, like you want to visualize like how is this going to work and... Mm-hmm. And that you might have to change all of that, which sometimes makes it harder when you visualize something and it works like totally different. That's mm-hmm. what I'm wondering. Are you somebody who shows up to the spot, you're hitting a heavy claim. You're about to, you're like, yeah, I'm going to back 270 this thing. <laughs> and all of a sudden yeah. you like, oh, wow, it, this thing's tall. It's sketchy. We don't have the speed. Mm. I'm going to go 50-50. Like what's your, what's your vibe as far as uh, uh, claiming when you get to the spot? Um. I am trying to become more of a claimer because I think it brings people <laughs> success, so you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm working on that, but I think I'm fairly, like, reasonable mm. um, to myself. And that might be me downplaying my own skill or that might be something else. But, like, um, mostly what gets me excited about spots is, like, finding them mm. <laughs> rather than doing tricks on him um so i think yeah it's a mix of both i guess uh probably yeah like someone that's been filming with me is probably sitting home laughing like because i claimed something sometime but in my head i don't do that a lot (laughs) i don't know but i'd like to claim more there's nothing better than when you're sitting (laughs) watching a video with somebody Mm. and you're like oh we're going to this rail tomorrow and somebody just does like the most outrageous couch claim when they're just yeah, like yeah. <laughs> and you're just like and then you get to the thing the next day and they're mm. just like all backpedaling and I mean, I'm I'm uh, guilty of that yeah. uh, in many ways yeah. but uh, I got a guest question here from Maria Thompson that pertains to what you're talking about here okay. we go sick what's up Bomho hi Ilva it's Maria mm-hmm. I'm happy to hear that you're in the booth 
I know that you love to talk, and for a matter of fact, it's really hard to ever get you to be quiet, so I'm sure it's going to be a fun conversation to listen to. I'm a huge fan of your snowboarding, and I always really admire the spot selection you have in your parts. I know it's something you take a lot of pride in too, so I was wondering if you can let us in on what goes into this process a little bit. Um, do you use Google Maps? Do you look for them? Uh, what do you like? Um, what are you looking for? Is this honestly really your mom that helps you find spots on Google Maps? Because I remember when we were in Iceland, she would send us some pretty heavy spots that she had found on Google Maps. Wow. Oh Anyways, I think it'd be really fun to hear uh, how this process or what this process looks like for you. My second question is, why do you always speak with food in your mouth? <laughs> I know your friends will know what I'm talking about. If I think about Ilva, I picture your little face just stuffed with food in your mouth with your cute little accent trying to like talk to me. Um, and is this just a bad habit or is it actually a flex? Um, can't wait to hear your answer. Love you so much. Bye, guys. Oh, that was sweet. Wow. Maria is sick. I love her. Mm-hmm. She's incredible. Yeah. Um, so the first question was about spots. And uh, we'll just start with my mom because it's hilarious. Uh, so we're in Iceland last year. Really cool. Finally get to go to Iceland to film streets. Like I'm from there, but I've actually never, like, gotten weather to film something like real and um when i'm there or i had the chance to go on a trip when it's good uh so we go to iceland and um and we're filming streets and my mom sends me like this (laughs) she's she's really really amazing like she's trying to understand the whole snowboarding and she's like she's getting there she's like doing her nerding on social media figuring out what the hell i'm doing in my life and um and she found this like insane, probably like three hundred stairs, like handrail. <laughs> it's like a stairway to heaven type of thing, like where there's a whole like hill, and up the hill there's just like endless stairs, and there's gap between every single rail as well. It's literally like hundred meters long, and she's just like, "What about this thing?" And I was just like laughing so hard because. It was just so sweet and innocent, and it was in her head. It was like exactly what I'm doing, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god, wow, she really believes in me!" <laughs> like this is crazy. So I so I show this to like Maria and Nora, and they're just like, "Oh my god, this is crazy." But yeah, yeah, I think. Um, Let's give your mom an air horn for yeah. that. That's a respectable Mom's, move. So cool. Yeah. Trying to send over some My mom never spots. sent me any spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I say the same. I got to yeah. like check in with mom. Yeah. Yeah, she she's really cool. She's trying to understand all of this and she's really doing a good job. I mean, she understands like the way of how how like important this is and I think that's the like bottom line kind of. Absolutely. That's what needs to be understood and sometimes we don't want other people to understand more than that. We want to keep it like ridiculously exclusive snowboarding and like we don't want people to understand or whatever. But um, but yeah, it's cool that she's trying and that she's doing it. Yeah. But um, as for the spot selection and like what I like to do, I think 
I think I just love the whole process of like street snowboarding and and the sad part about street snowboarding is the lack of snowboarding. That's like the only True. thing that I that I like wish was involved in street snowboarding. <laughs> That's actual snowboarding, but I do love the just driving around for hours trying to find spots um I love Google Maps um just finding areas and I think mostly what I try to search for is colors and I like go off of colors and I try to like find something and if that's in the background or the spot itself or whatever like I I'm drawn to colors for sure and I and I try to like keep that in the back of my head and then whatever I hit can be a mix of everything you know like that could be like a part of you know the group that was there it can be like something way different or sometimes when those thoughts pop in like what do people want to see or whatever you know like there's all kinds of spots that I hit and they're not necessarily all beautiful I'm not saying that but that's like the the goal is to find the beautiful spots that look colorful and and uh, nice and and sometimes I have tricks that I want to do for the winter but mostly I just want to use whatever I find kind of and like work with the work with the environment of a new place I'm not like I'm not too big on like um I guess um I'm not too big on on like doing too much research before I get there because I think it sometimes takes away from like being new in that area and wanting to actually like explore it and find find what is there like what is really here and it gives you a better insight of like culture and that specific place you're in like it it's very it's very charming and interesting to look for spots and you're interact with a lot of like people and it's just a great it's a great um and a ridiculous hobby i guess <laughs> <laughs> i think yeah but yeah was that the question the last I one think. was something with uh food and food oh. mouth, i think was the last one yeah i think she's just shooting shooting shots towards me here but <laughs> but yeah i i uh, i definitely do that and i talk a lot i'm like now i'm like um all all mic'd up and stuff but off mic i probably talk even more and um <laughs> yeah i talk with food in my mouth because what i'm trying to say is really important even at that <laughs> moment when i when i'm when i'm eating no i'm just kidding but i don't know no manners i guess you waste time when you're not talking i mean if you're Right, you're eating and you need to say something. Yeah, All All right. Time management. Time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's funny. Thank you, Maria. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and talk to you guys about Liquid Death. We've been annihilating these cans on the show. Uh, they look like beers, but they're just water. But big news, they actually have teas now. Jules, did you hear that? What's your What's your favorite flavor? You know, I've tried all three of them, and I like them all a lot. But I think Rest in Peach is my favorite. It's just really refreshing, and it tastes pretty healthy. Mmm, healthy taste. Love that. I'm an armless Palmer guy myself. I like the Arnie P. I like golfing. It's a great tea. So uh, definitely check out Liquid Death's new teas coming out right now. Uh, basically, they're available with free shipping on Amazon and retailers near you. As an added bonus, the Bombhole listeners get 20% off their first Liquid Death apparel purchase available exclusively at liquiddeath.com slash bombhole. Exclusions may apply. That's liquiddeath.com slash bombhole, and murder your thirst with these new teas. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Bub's Naturals. We're always talking about it here at the Bombhole because we hammer all of their products. They recently came out with Bub's Brew. It's their coffee bean. 
the original blend. It's USDA organic, it's fair trade, and also it's the first ever coffee bean to be Whole30 approved. Another thing we're going to talk about today is Bub's Fountain of Youth Collagen. I actually just discovered that they made flavored collagen, didn't know that, and uh, I've been hammering the Fountain of Youth Collagen because it's tasty, it's a nice berry flavor, and we all want to relive our glory days out on the battlefield, and if you want to do that, you got to take care of your body, and collagen is huge for you know recovery, so you can go out there and pretend you're still 18 years old, even though you can't grab your snowboard. So we recommend Bub's Naturals. Uh, if you head on over to their website, bubsnaturals.com, use promo code BOMBHOLE to get 20% off your order. Again, bubsnaturals.com, promo code BOMBHOLE. Get there. All right, we're going to get into a quick Patreon question. Um, Mike, do you know what Patreon is? I don't. What is it? I haven't heard of it. Let me tell you, Mike. It's uh, we got a group of supporters that uh, it's almost like I almost look at it as public radio. People that want to support the show, okay. uh, they're they're able to donate. Okay. You can find a link on our website. So they just donate and that's it, or what? Well, let me tell you. They get to ask a question. Okay. Um, like here, we got some questions from CC Nelson, Brian Mills, mm-hmm. Johnny Mandio, uh, Nikki Lorenz. You know, these are just a few people that do, uh, donate and then they ask questions. They also know uh, we pre-record the show several weeks in advance, so they know who's on mm-hmm. real time. And you get a little package for signing up. You get some holiday cards, but mostly it's great because it gets the you get to support us doing what we do, and we're really appreciative of our Patreon members. So I just want to say thank you. And with that being said, I think we should get into well, that, I mean, real quick. That sounds cool, but how do they sign up? Well, Mike, it's funny that you ask. Hmm. You know, head on over to bombhole.com okay. and find a link there. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So um, this one's from CC Nelson. Who were some of your early inspirations? Could be on or off the board. Okay, good question. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, early inspirations. I. I think the Nikita girls, for sure, like Gabby, Median, and then Anna Rumia were probably my two big favorites out of the Nikita riders. Um, and then Halder, obviously, like um, idol to everyone from Iceland, I think. Um, yeah, and actually so many. I, I think I watched the, that and those foreign movies a lot, and I really liked Stevie Bell because he had really positive great energy Mm -hmm. so he was a big favorite for sure um yeah i think i think so many people but yeah let's leave it at those four what about bjork yeah bjork's cool yeah she she's an amazing person like really interesting um she went to school with my mom she's pretty cool um and i think she was like a like a child genius already at at a really young age she she had it all figured out, I think, mm-hmm. or like enough to be incredible. I'm I'm yeah. curious. You guys got like you mean Heldor, Ike, Bjork, yourself. It seems like a really small town. What's the population, Iceland? Do you have any idea? Uh, like three hundred fifty thousand. Damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's really the whole small. Country, Very yeah. creative. Holy shit. Yeah. Group of people mixed in. Yeah. My experience with people from Iceland, the Nikita people. Yeah. And all the other people mentioned, super creative. Yeah. Yeah. Just for mixed sure. Mixed up. Style is super yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so societally, is there a like a respect for the arts and creativity there? Yeah, for sure. I think, I think it goes like way back. And this is like my theory. This mm. is not um, anything that I 
know any facts about, but I'm just like, what I think is that like we come from this small island and the weather is rough and you have to get creative to like manage your time and do the things that you have to do. And then on the side, like you have a lot of, let's say downtime to do things that like, that keep you sane, right? Uh, that's that's what I think it was like way back. So we made up all these stories. There's like so many stories about like elves and and like all like just trolls and creatures and the ocean and whatnot. Like, and I think that was just to keep people sane because a lot of the time you just had to stay inside. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and there's where like a a lot of like the root of the creativity comes in, and it's always been accepted to like believe in fairy tales and live in a fairy tale kind of thing. Mm. And I think that's why a lot of people feel the freedom to just like you that's very accepted, I mm-hmm. think. Um and it and it comes down to like um or not comes down to, but I think a lot of people just thrive in that and then that generates more energy towards that. And then so it's just like next generation takes it the step further and and next generation and and so on so like there's a lot of creativity like all around everyone i think a lot of people have art in their family like mm. pretty close by like one generation back or two or something mm. someone was a poet and someone was a uh, playing music and yeah mm. like all of that so i think i think it's just very accepted in the culture art is like an important thing to to a good life and um I'm not sure if that's the case everywhere, but I think that's definitely the case in Iceland. Mm-hmm. Like, you you know that's a root of happiness somehow. And it's, yeah, I think so. Wow. Yeah. Love that. So we did we answer both of CeCe's questions? Uh, oh, was there we, If not, I would like to ask more about art. Yeah, let's go. Let's stay in on that. We have another question, but I want to I want to stay on this too because I'm interested yeah. by this yeah. topic. Yeah, the art topic. I mean, you you breezed over the elf thing, so I also yeah. I heard a stat and had to check mine, but 44 percent of Icelandic people believe in elves. What's your take on that? Um, my take is, I think that. I believe that there's more than us, right? And if we want to call that elves or energies or gods or whatever we want to call that, it's definitely out there. Mm-hmm. And I think if we, or from, that's that's my point of view. Like, it's definitely out there. And I think that, like, if you, if it's something that makes you feel good or, like, makes you feel a certain type of way, it's real to you. Yeah. So, like, what, in, like, no matter what that means to anyone else, if it's real to you, it is real. Mm. So I think believing in stuff is, it can be very good and it can be very bad, you know, like, mm. and I think for, yeah, for people to believe that there is other like energies mm. or elves or yeah. stuff Whatever, out there yeah. just gives you like, um, like a, like a self-check, mm-hmm. you know, like we're not, just us here we need to like respect that there's other things and like um you know when those weird things happen and you're like oh that was fate then if you want to believe that then that was fate Mm -hmm. and same way that placebo is that how you say it placebo 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 works on on people like uh, let's say i always eat candy for breakfast because it's good (laughs) for me i do think that 
in some ways it is good for me sure, yeah. because I believe it. Yep. And that just that's it's just the power of the mind of like what makes you you and what like and it's it's real to you then it is real. Mm -hmm. That that's how I see it. So elves or whatever you want to call it. I think I call it energies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And and I think they're definitely real. Yeah, I just assumed that it was like sort of yeah. a, could have been an interpretation on the web. It's something I've heard. I have yeah. some friends from Iceland that, they, you know, when I heard that and then meet them, the energy they have, like a playful vibe. Yeah. Super cool haircuts, gear, everything is like, yeah. I could see that there's something affecting my friends from Iceland in a positive way where they're really playful and cool mm -hmm. and artistic. and. That's cool. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's cool to hear. I yeah. think that um, I think it's a very like fun topic yeah. to to yeah. stay on because it's just like it's just an ad adventure and we don't know that much about it. Um, so I think that even if I say energies and talk about it like this in the broad like yeah. broader picture, I think a lot of people do believe in like elves mm -hmm. and that they steal stuff from your house or you know like yeah. and and more so like back in the days for sure so they're kind of tricksters elves are tricksters uh yeah it, it depends how you treat them yeah. so like if you treat them well they will treat you well <laughs> but if you're a piece of shit then they'll steal your <laughs> silver or something yeah. yeah yeah so kind of like that that's I, cool i gotta commend you I, yeah you just did such a beautiful job articulating the energies and and uh could be like almost. It's like a. It's like hard to put into words how you just and you just did such a great job. Thank you. Um, explaining that, I was captivated. So, <laughs> and I also almost want to rewind a little bit too, talking about yeah. like you know even even broader like you know what I hear when you talk about Iceland. It's like kind of like uh, it almost seems like anything is possible. Like a chase your dreams, uh, foster your creativity, um, kind of an open open minded kind of uh, mentality. And then I think about all over the states and, you know, us geographically in North America, you know, there's there's definitely like certain areas geographically that are like, well, you can't be an artist. You got to be real here. You got to you mm -hmm. got to do you got to pay your bills. You got to do something that's safe. You got to do, yeah. you know, and be like it's like there's like kind of um, uh, optimistic and there's like cynical. Um, yeah. And a lot of places are kind of cynical, which I think is is man you know because people are scared you got to pay your bills totally natural everybody's mm -hmm. circumstances are different but it sounds like just a society that that is not as fear-based in in some ways i don't know if i'm on target with that yeah, yeah but i i do think this is also my experience so True. like this is where i'm coming from and got i it. and i bet that there's thousands of places in the world that have and people that have the same experience from their homes that sure. i do from mm -hmm. mine because i guess i felt free uh being me in my home and not everyone has that and probably definitely not everyone in iceland has that either so i think mm. it's like this fairy tale world version is like all coming from my head as well so mm. i guess we should not maybe generalize. like uh, generalize yep. because yeah, i'm sense. sure that there is all of everything yeah so we have we have like i don't know just so many so many like thoughts in our heads about like how things are and and we're sometimes like way off but mm -hmm. in our heads like i was talking about the house it's so real so mm -hmm. like in my head it's so real that that's iceland but to someone else they might have a mm -hmm. totally different experience from growing up there or something yeah mm -hmm. well, well i heard yeah. uh you travel everywhere with a notebook and i'm yeah. curious as to 
what do you what's going on in that notebook? Wow. Um, yeah, I think just I think when I like express myself with art, um, I tend to like just draw and and write and do whatever I feel like. And that's not necessarily pretty. That's not necessarily ugly either. It can be like beautiful. It can be awful. It can be anything. Just like whatever I feel like, I like to put it on paper. And I don't do this always, but when when I get the time and when I feel like I have to, those like kind of creative outlets of just like getting a thought out of your head onto paper feels really good. And um and I might never look at it again. Usually that's that's the case of my notebook. I will put maybe even 10 hours into it. Like drawing to me and painting is the same as snowboarding. I can get into this like insane like a bubble of just nothing else exists. I don't get hungry. I don't need to go to the bathroom. I don't need to do... The, there's like nothing else. There's just drawing and whatever I'm drawing or writing. And, um, and I think... When it's on the paper, it's already out, so I don't need to look at it again, you know. Yeah. So, like, it, it's kind of just like um, I don't think the book itself is is uh, the treasure. The treasure is, like, whatever you're doing to, like, stay, stay sane, stay focused, stay on doing things that make you feel good, I, love I think. That. Yeah. I think, you know, Chris and I talk sometimes how yeah. people will when you don't express something it gets stored in your body mm-hmm. but you're it almost sounds like you're like just taking whatever you're feeling and putting it yeah into mm-hmm. another place and you can kind of let it go yeah i think or i, I i'd like to think so mm. i try i mean this is one method but yeah yeah, yeah. love that yeah so i also heard you, you i heard <laughs> about the notebook but also you usually travel on trips with art supplies too yeah some pens some maybe face paint i love face paint it's just fun and it like makes people smile. Glitter, a little bit of glitter at the party, put it on someone's face. Like mm-hmm. changes. It just like I don't know. It just gives them an an like a expression of like being like whatever they want to be or mm-hmm. doing whatever they want to do. And then and it, that might be forced from my part sometimes, so they might not want to do that, but they'll get glitter anyway. But yeah. Uh, I just think it like creates a pretty nice, I don't know, like it it makes people loosen up. And like sometimes I feel like in snowboarding especially, like we nerd so hard and we care so much about snowboarding that sometimes we forget to like just do fun things and not think about what is, you know, the next trick or what's cool or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Like I just love when we can relax and be just like people together because that's why we're all in this together kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. You know what I was kind of correlating as you're talking about all the art supplies and the face paint, and I'm like, this sounds like when I'm hanging out with my brother and my sister's kids. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. the shit we do. <laughs> yeah, I I have like um, I have a great friend of mine that that once said um, he. I've been studying a lot of like yoga theory at, at, uh, with with that person, and they and they told me that like it's not being childish, it's being childlike. So mm-hmm. just keep that kind of like mentality of mm-hmm. um, I don't know, you know, it is. It is just like 
in the bottom line, like of whatever we do in life, we're all trying to like maintain some sort of like being happy and having a purpose. I think that's what everyone's trying to do, whether that's with career path or art, uh, which also sometimes turns into a career path, but but like or sports or just like anything in life. I think that's like the main two things that people are trying to get at, like having purpose and being happy, mm. I think. And and everyone accesses those in different ways, and that's amazing. But I think that's like, it's not an end goal. It's definitely just like a work in progress and mm. like a journey. But it is, it's definitely like a, I think it's a thing. Yeah. I, I have a hard-hitting question for you. Yeah. Do you feel like being happy is a choice? Uh, many times, yes. And, and um I probably, like, I think that it's circumstantial for everyone, of course. But there are certain things that you can, like, always do to, like, to, like, choose in every moment. Um, so, so like, the way that I hate, like, horror movies. I will mm -hmm. not watch that shit because, like, I can choose. Do I want to feel good or do I want to feel bad? Same with music, like, very dark, emotional, maybe, like, suicidal music. Mm -hmm like some of the newer like very very hard trap is like the lyrics are like awful and that just like hits me right away and I feel very bad then I choose not to listen to that or like um you know like emo rock I choose not to listen to that because it makes me feel bad and I can feel it like right away so when I can just choose happiness I choose songs that make me want to move I I want to like feel good and then like those things help like what what we put into all our senses, like our eyes, our ears, our touch, our smell, like everything that we choose is like is like a, a source or everything that we we use our senses to touch or or smell or anything, it all contributes to how we feel. So there's a lot of ways to choose your environment. Choose the people you hang out with. Choose your circumstances. And I'm not saying that everyone all the time has the ability to do that. And I know that's like, um, maybe it sounds very unfair to someone that I sit here saying that because I'm, yeah, I'm, I think I'm very fortunate. But I also think that in any circumstance, even in those circumstances where you feel like you're put in, and you have no choice, you still kind of have a choice on how you view it, at least. Mm -hmm. And like, what is my, wh what do I want to get to now? Do I want to like stay in this feeling of I have no speed, uh, I this sucks, it's windy as fuck, or then I keep repeating that and thinking that, or do I think, well, um, I could go and grab a coffee and have a good time at the... <laughs> you know, yeah. so like yeah. you can kind of choose in those circumstances. Like you don't have to usually, I mean, different with maybe whoever is on doing contests and stuff, but you don't always have to be doing what you think you have to be doing. It might be like holding you back instead of like building you up. So I think definitely to some extent, yeah, I think you can choose to be happy. Mm. Yeah. She's wise. Like, whew. I'm like backing that a hundred percent. Yeah. Love it. I think life is about choice. It's straight up one choice after the next. And you were just yeah. nailing that in such a profound way. Thank you. Yeah. 
I also was hearing too, you know, just because this is fascinating and I think you'll have more to add to it. So I kind of okay. want to maybe tee it up and see if you go anywhere with it. Uh -huh. But thinking about all these things, you seem like you have a, uh, you're a deep thinker is what I'm gathering. And it's really fun to listen to you talk about this stuff. And it, I always think about, you know, going back to when you're talking about losing yourself doing art and losing yourself doing <laughs> snowboarding. And it's interesting because a lot of my personal, like, quote unquote problems that aren't real problems. They're kind of my own that I make up to be problems, but they're that's just me focusing on some a fear that's coming in the future, like something in the future or dwelling mm. on something in the past. Whereas, you know, those things where you lose yourself, you're as corny as it sounds and everybody talks about, but you're you're actually just living in that moment. And it's like children, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. They're just in the moment. That's what mm -hmm. makes it so so beautiful. It's like as we get older, yeah. we go, we just pull ourselves out of the moment and mm -hmm. we go, oh, well, fuck, what am I, what's my schedule say tomorrow? And I got to look at my phone. I got to check my email, what I'm going to plan. And oh, my Instagram, oh, this person's mm. doing better than I am. Oh, and, and like, and you're just not, all yeah. these things compounding, they're just pulling you out of the present moment yeah. where it seems like you've, you've done a great job to foster just being, living it. Um, I I mean, I'm working on it, obviously. But I think that, yeah, I think it's hard to, like, sit in Because I, I don't like to like it to come off that I know what I'm talking about. Because I don't think any of us do. You know, like, it's just, like, um, observations of, like, everything. And I haven't mastered any of it. But I'm just, like... I'm like you say, I'm a thinker and I observe and I, I like to see solutions instead of problems. And maybe I talk like I've already used all those solutions, but I'm not there, you know? So I think, um, yeah, that's a, like, I'm not putting myself on any kind of pedestal saying that I don't do that because I think we all do. Like, all of those things get distracted and like what we should be doing or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I think that just like, snowboarding in general is an action sport and I think all action sports have that thing to them where you need to be present like and that's why we some people are just drawn to that emotion of like being present so they in in like all reality they might not even care that much about snowboarding per se they could choose any action sport because it's like a way of meditating, just being present with this one thing. And there, when you are like going fast as fuck and you have to stay on point or do that thing, otherwise you're going to get hurt, there, the other thoughts do not exist. And I think that's why a lot of people get so addicted to snowboarding and like to action sports in general because you need to be so present. So I think just like from that, we all have a certain kind of calmness to us. I think every snowboarder that I ever met can to some extent come to like a meditative mindset, which is really, really, I'm not going to say it's rare, but it's quite rare in like the general world because a lot of people might not discover that until like very late on in life or maybe never, you know. So I think in snowboarding, a lot of people at a fairly young age and in all those like, action sports type things you like you're not forced to learn that but you learn that as you go you learn to shift your focus into one thing and that is meditation so it's just a form of it I think being so present in snowboarding and that's why I think we all kind of like like each other without even knowing each other for the most part because we like 
we have this thing that we can like really connect on. So I think that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Ilva, I don't know if you know this, but Mikey is, uh, he's like a Zen master of some sorts. Not at all. Zen, he's a Zen <laughs> person. Yeah, I'm going to go. He goes and sits in a concrete room and just fucking <laughs> stares at the wall for six no, hours. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your exact stance because I, I say the same thing. I don't know yeah. shit. Yeah. And that's, to me, the best. Not knowing yeah. is the best thing you can do because when you know, you put yourself in a box and everybody else in a box. Yeah. But I love you what you're saying. You separate, yeah. Yeah, but I'd also, mm -hmm. I mean, on that level, like, you know, you'd snowboard a lot, mm -hmm. but you've also made conscious choices to do art as a mm -hmm. major part of your life. So you're, mm -hmm. you're choosing these things. Back to your choices, you're choosing... You know, I mean, I look at life like you have a hundred percent of time, and what do you spend that percentage of time doing? It's like wow, right. fifty per, you know, thirty percent snowboarding, yeah. thirty percent art. Yeah, like how much of your day is spent choosing things that yeah. put you into that space? You said you don't don't even care about eating or drinking. Okay, you know. great question, yeah. Mike. Yeah. Uh, mm. Wow, I think it's so different. Like it varies so much that like. One day I might be like, I'm going to snowboard for 12 hours if I have the chance. I think like with, you know this from like filming, but with, with filming, you're like all in, in that. So most of the times, like on a filming trip, I will not do like very well in taking care of myself. Like we eat shit food and we're just like, <laughs> I don't know, we're just like, staying up all night and we're you know like i'm i just adjust to where i'm at i yeah. think i'm such an owl as well so i don't need a lot of sleep i think so i'm like i just adjust to the circumstances so these percentage yeah. just change yeah, all changing. the time and like at some point i might even be at zero and i don't even have snowboarding you know like mm -hmm. when you're just not in a good space or you're like doing other things in life or, or even just worrying like worries are like, you know, when people just drift off of their track and just start worrying about things mm -hmm. that that might come into play later on or they're real, like they're real problems already and they have to be taken care of. And then then those moments of like meditation are almost at zero, you know, but um, but I think that's the beauty of it because sometimes they're at 150. So, you know, like I don't. I'm not a routine person. Mm -hmm. I have a very hard time with routine. So I think that's how I balance it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's zero and sometimes it's yeah. way. Like, so it's a, it's a hard question, but it's a good question to ask yourself. Mm -hmm. So I'll take that with me and what, ask uh, that sometimes. <laughs> how do, you, what, do you have any tricks when you catch yourself worrying? I mean, like you said, sometimes you just got to handle stuff you don't want to yeah. do. But do you have any tricks that like help you notice or um, jump into... Yeah, I think I I notice when I like um w when I'm worrying, like I might not notice that I'm worrying, but I will probably not feel so excited about things. Mm -hmm. That's that's when I know mm -hmm. like so, things are off because I like that feeling of when you have an excitement to your your day or to your like whatever something that brings you this like yeah let's do this yeah um and i tend to have that very easily around people so most people that know me through snowboarding i'm like 100 percent energy because i get so much energy from hanging out with people but like when i'm at my home and 
sometimes like I'll just be at zero and I'm not excited about shit. Like I'm just at home, like maybe going to work and like trying to go out skating, but I don't want to go skate because I'm like, oh fuck, this is not, you know, I just, I'm drained, I think. Yeah. And, um, and that's when I notice like some things are off and then I need to change something actively. Mm -hmm. And then I like might put up, um, I don't know, I like spontaneous things. I might put up like a, like um something happening in my hometown. I'll I don't know, I'll do a do a little thing with just friends or I'll go camping or I'll go skating and we'll like try to I don't know, um draw also and skate at the same time. Or like you just trying to make something because you can like create those kind of moments when you're like after even if you're in the moment like faking it till you make it, like mm -hmm. after you've put in that like time to make create something that makes you feel good even if you don't feel it while you're doing it it will like generate like the next step or you know it know gets you, the yeah. ball rolling yeah. kind yeah, of yeah, thing yeah. so like just force yourself or not force but get yourself to do things that you know that you want to do even if you don't want to do them right now mm -hmm. because it brings you joy in the end and you know it for sure yeah yeah, Chris and I both like walking. Yeah. Like I walk every morning, and if I don't walk, <clears throat> I have a shitty day. Straight yeah. up. Yeah. Just do. And he has a walk thing too, but it's yeah. nice to hear about other people's things and like choosing, yeah. noticing, and then choosing just something different mm -hmm. seems to work. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We got a guest yeah. question All from right. an absolute legend Who? of the sport, Mike. I think you, uh, you might have chatted with him. Do you know what we're talking about? I mean, he's top. One of my top, top, top people in the world. <laughs> okay. Wow, I'm excited. Here we go. Hello, Bomb Hole. Chris and Eastone, Ingemar Backman here. And uh, <laughs> I've been listening to most of your episodes. Keep on a good job. And I'm really happy you have Ulva on the show. She's a good friend of mine. Great snowboarder, kind person. Hey, Ulva. I have a question for you. First, uh, I want to say you're a very special person. I think you have a very open, creative, playful, and positive mind. And the question is actually where is this unique fairy tale mind coming from? Is it from the DNA? Maybe your upbringing in Iceland? Maybe other planet? I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Okay, note, note. <laughs> oh, Ingmar, what a great, great person. Yeah, we have so much fun snowboarding. He's still sending it. Like, mm -hmm. when we go boarding, there was an event, like, at my hometown recently. And there was, like, a big, big-ass corner. And he gapped the whole thing. And he was just, like, sending it all day. What a great, great human and a person to snowboard with. Um, thank you for the kind words, Ingo. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think we kind of touched a little bit based on that. But... Like where it comes from might just be like, like a, you know, the way I just like talk a lot and like I like to express myself. Mm. I think, and like I think everyone has like kind of creativity and fairy tale inside of them, and whether that's like a good fairy tale at that moment or if it's like a dramatic story going on, like we all have so much it going on inside, and some people do not like to express that at all, and I. I do enjoy expressing that, especially to, to people I feel comfortable with. And I, and yeah, like, um, I, I think that's a huge, like, um, that's a uh, kind of like a big, 
big road to go down is like how to open up yourself and especially to like public. I think this is probably the the biggest platform I've talked like that this much on, like kind of ever, I think. And and it is like uncomfortable. And sometimes you want to just like keep things to yourself. Like for the longest time I had this thing where I I didn't want no one in snowboarding outside of like people I knew personally to know who I was, like what kind of personality or whatever. Like I wanted my snowboarding to speak for itself. And and I didn't want to like, I don't know. I didn't want people to, I guess, in, like publicly know who I was or something like that. And I, and I, I said this thing was, I was like, I'm never going to mix politics and I'm never going to mix money with snowboarding. <laughs> and I guess I think I do both because... Yeah, I I really care about snowboarding, and that's why it comes down to that. But um, but yeah, I think maybe that that I'm open, and that's why my to him at least my creativity mm. shows, and maybe not to other people, but yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm. But um, yeah. How do how deep do we want to go here? Because I I'm like I'm not afraid to keep going. Me neither. Because I one thing you you just mentioned was <laughs> and I, I am so like it, this is such a heavy fun. talk. It, we're having we've fun. not been like laughing this about is great. stories no, dropping, or anything. We'll, we'll get into that. Oh, okay. We'll get into that. But what I really I mean I this is just something maybe no, we can just touch on quickly because yeah yeah okay I think you really nailed something there. It's like you tell yourself a story and the fairy tale can be nice or the fairy yeah. tale can be dark and yeah. what you tell yourself makes mm. you I th- you know and that's what you're touching on I think it's a really awesome point yeah so yeah I think so yeah. I think it's like a little bit of everything I don't know yeah okay well we can go <laughs> we'll go back into this stuff because I'm yeah. just I'm fascinated with it uh, <laughs> but we can kind of switch gears to a bit of a lighter yeah note, um, let's do that because and this I is, might still drift off that's, into okay. I, that's let's me go. I love it <laughs> Uh, we got another Patreon question, okay. uh, and this one's from Brian Mills, mm-hmm. and he asks, "What's the worst and best thing about the U.S.?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, wow, <laughs> that is a hard question. Yeah. Um, so many, so many, so worst many, things, so many worst things coming to mind. Yeah, actually, yeah, but but still, also a lot of fun things. I mean, uh, best things. Snacks, dots, pretzels, <laughs> and um, probably yeah, dots, pretzels, and Gatorade as spot snacks is a great, great combo. Um, then I just think that worst things there's yeah. Don't be feel shy. free. Don't hold back. Come okay, on. Um, come on. I don't know actually, but I do think like stereotyping and idolizing is rooted in America. Idolizing. Yeah, like idolizing people, like making them in inhuman. Mm. You know, like having superstars. Because mm-hmm. everyone that I know from like Iceland and Scandinavia that has had like big success in their lives are like really grounded still. Because mm. they're not idolized that way. They're just people. You know, but here it's like, I don't know, sometimes it's like this huge thing of like idolizing people to making them almost like inhuman. And so they cannot even act like real people because then acting like real people they'll disappoint whoever is looking up to them or whatever and i think that's a 
I don't know. That's a crazy one. Hero hero worship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's a, I think. I think maybe that's you, a that's you know, a quite American thing. That's to why me. like a lot of the big actors will move to Europe just to get away from it. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess France, I don't know. Yeah. They'll move to I wonder, but this where is like, like a, the French people don't care. You know, this might like, be a very ignorant thing of me to say too, but I'm just like thinking out loud. No, I love it. No, we got yeah. it. I would even say though, just I think that even. Uh, some of the Asian cultures, like I feel like Japan is even bigger on hero worship. Maybe potentially yeah. at least, but uh, but yeah, not to say that we we are definitely the epicenter as far as Hollywood <laughs> and putting people on a pedestal. Yeah, and, I think. And yeah. you know, we that that's a that's a great point. And it would suck to be that famous person too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I, I have think. To live it up. I yeah. have to be this thing. I have to, everything I say yeah. has to be. And maybe know. maybe even that has like within snowboarding even been oh, a yeah. thing. You know, mm-hmm. like where where people are like idolized up to the point that they can almost not like just hang out with everyone. They have to kind of be a cool guy to keep their status or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, what? Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, and obviously like the European scene is probably a bit smaller, but but like I feel like in Europe, everyone just hangs out with everyone. There's not really like, I don't know. There's not really like groups. Yeah, let's talk about the difference between uh, Euro versus American snowboarders coming up. Do you feel like uh, the Euro snowboarders don't get as much shine? Is it harder? Lay it on us. Uh, we want to know. So what I think is like, I think that the the Euros that go to America and make an approve, uh, no, what do you say? Show up in America. Mm-hmm. They can make it. But if you stay in Europe only, I think, unfortunately, it's not going to go the whole way. And that's just like because that's a big part of the scene, and so many of like the the guys at the top, like the TMs, and then whoever's above them, and and the owners and the investors and everything is mostly in the states. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's like a, to me like a someone from Europe that's insanely talented needs to go to the states. To make a career, and I think that's what a lot of like guys in like early two thousands did. Like yeah. the Euros, they 100%. all moved here because if they would have stayed, and the ones that stayed, they were just as good at snowboarding. They didn't become big names. So I think that's that's the difference. Like mm-hmm. the the scene is like or or the I guess at least the money the money is bigger here. Mm-hmm. In and the scene is probably like. I guess fairly similar. Like you have a lot of borders and the US is so big, but if you compare it to like all the, if you take all the Euro countries together, for example, then it's like kind of like it is quite big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's kind maybe of, that, yeah. Coming here is almost like becoming out of sight, out of mind versus you, you show up. Yeah. Making FaceTime. Yeah. Is important. I think so, but it's changing a bit with social media. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think so. Yeah. But I think like just looking back at the older pros, I think I'm sh- I'm pretty sure like the years that made it most of them moved yeah. or spent like almost the whole winters here. Yeah. Now, I got a question. Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, do you feel like uh coming from Europe if you watch if you watch uh Americans and you're like man, I'm as good as that but or I'm not getting any shine. Do you think there's a mm-hmm. mentality that gives gives uh euro riders a chip on their shoulder to like want to prove themselves more at yeah. times yeah for sure and i and i think that comes into play with all of us like yeah jealousy totally. kind of thing yeah, yeah. and and that's for sure like uh 
I think so. And uh, and I think that also like so so if you're thinking like uh like whatever I could do that or I could do that. It's all like everyone that's anywhere in snowboarding has worked so hard. So like the jealousy is unnecessary. Like we've all worked so hard in our own ways to get where we're at that like n- nobody gets it served, you know. Like we we all like have our story of like and that's why this podcast is so sick that you can hear the people's like kind of story and mindset into that and you don't necessarily like all of it like I don't expect everyone to like where I'm coming from and and the same ways I don't like where everyone else comes from but in the end we all worked like so hard to get where we're at so like the jealousy is kind of unnecessary in that matter because everyone's working their ass off to be where they're at and but I think it's also just like um it can be like an advantage and a disadvantage to be like an underdog kind of thing. And I think the Euros are underdogs usually because we're not like in the scene as much in like in the in the bigger picture, like in, in the scene. And and it is frustrating sometimes when you know these people that like, oh, you could do it, you know, but like or whatever. But we all know that those people so it's like it's just um it's a very hard one and i think i me as a as a european i've for sure been bitter about this and i think every like euro border has been like fuck like why is it so hard to like get out of like the euro team and be on global for example like that's that's Mm -hmm. like uh and 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 for me i'm like i'm i might never get there Global, are you not? You know? Are you not on global? I'm Euro. Yeah. Oh, they're fucking up. I'm sorry. Uh, but but that's <laughs> I'm like. I'm sorry. They're fucking up. <laughs> big time, big time fucking but up. it's like um, it's just like this thing where you kind of like some to certain extent, like with not moving to the states, you kind of like accept the fact that you're not gonna get like full on, you know, in a way. I think for many Europeans, that's the case. Mm. So I don't know. Yeah. You know. A couple things. First, uh, <coughs> on behalf Sorry. of America, I'm going to go ahead and, and say you're welcome for uh, <laughs> giving you the motivation uh, to be pissed off uh, <laughs> at us. <laughs> no, uh, but I, I, I mean, dude, I, I'm probably going to catch some shit for that. But you, uh, you should, you should definitely be. I'm not like trying to blow smoke up anybody's ass and. But uh, if you're not on the global team, I don't know what the fuck's going on. By next Thursday. But, but, <laughs> but that's that's somebody's somebody in upper management's fucking up over there. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, I want to I want to change gears real quick because I I think there's a cool thing that we need to highlight, and that I think it's great for any up and coming snowboarder mm-hmm. to hear. And so when I did my research, I talked to Jess Kamura, talked to. Maria, I talked to Hannah, and they all universally said the same thing about you, and it's such an endearing trait. You know, they basically, you know, Jess was like, you know, filming with her is amazing. There's no drama, no excuses, no complaining. She helps everybody. And then, you know, talking to Hannah and Come Maria, on. they're like, she, she's, she's so unselfish. She helps everybody on the trips. She's always helping everybody get other shots. She's always contributing, like, essentially talking about how selfless you are. And I think that's such an endearing thing that we should highlight on the show because a lot of times the best snowers in the world are the most selfish because it, it favors you, you kind of have to be selfish if you want to be the best. I hate to say that. Like, if you want to be the best of the best, it's like, I'm putting myself first. I'm the one hitting the spot. I'm 
putting my relationship on the back burner because I got to focus on me so I can be the best. Like there's kind of like snowboarding is a, is a um, it 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 it, it, it kind of pays to be selfish and it and it's a sport that's really about us, you know, which is great as a form of vehicle for self expression, but it's it's not necessarily great in terms of like building community and friendships in some ways. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're derailing. So I just think that um, the unselfishness is such a endearing trait. And uh, where do you think you get that from? Wow, that's a really, really sick compliment to get. And I love all of these women very dearly. They are really incredible humans. Um, I, yeah, I think for me, like, for me personally... I don't like when I'm selfish because we all have those traits, right? And I don't feel good when I feel selfish. So like that wouldn't, in in my case, that would not help me grow. That would hold me back. So I, I know that for a fact. And, and, and it's not out of selfishness. I help other people, you know, like knowing that. But but I do think it just comes from like, you know, the, the different types of snowboarding we were drawn to. I think like... I've never been drawn to contest or someone being the best or like I have not even been that good at taking compliments because I don't like them. I, I think it makes me feel overwhelmed and I, I don't really thrive in that. So like I I think that all comes to my parents and how I'm raised. I would I would assume. Like uh, I think my parents are incredible people. Like really, really they're great teachers in life. They're like, uh, yeah, my mom is like so energetic, full of life. And just like the, like if she was a kid today, she would have all the like idiots to you, whatever. Like I think <laughs> because she's so like, she's an explosion of energy and happiness and she's so fun to be around. Like every one of my friends that know her just love her. She's like, a crazier version of me, I think, and uh, and in in the best possible way, crazy as a compliment. Like I think she's incredible, and then my dad is this very very calm and almost shy, um, not shy to me, but like like wouldn't show up to school if he had to stand in front of the class type of person, and um, and they just balance each other like perfectly. They're very different people, and they thrive very well together and and I think just coming from such a balance of like characteristics that are both great but so different is incredible I think and I think that's where like I I just have always I guess see I don't know maybe I don't know I'm drifting off a little bit maybe not really but um I think like just being surrounded by great people makes you great and and if you contribute to that then everyone else becomes great as well you know like you, you do this kind of together and and making a making a video is a great example of that like it in the end like tricks are cool and spots are insanely cool and very fun to look at but in the end like there's some kind of dynamic that that cannot be hidden like you can have the physically best tricks or the physically best stuff uh you know like or on paper, you know, but if there is not like that energy to it that you want to like show whoever is watching the video, like 
and when it doesn't shine through what what you're trying to tell in the end it's like a, you're presenting something to someone and if your your marketing is all over the place and they don't even know what you're selling that's like it just I, i'm just trying to put this into words somehow but then then that's maybe not like the best outcome even if you did the best tricks right mm -hmm. so like when you all work together and you thrive off each other's success and of, of each other's energy, you get greater outcome. If that means that someone else gets the ender, it doesn't matter. Like you are making it together to thrive off each other and you'll all shine through that person if you like all helped in a way. I To me, I mm -hmm. think that's like, and I think, yeah, going back to how I started this, mess of an answer <laughs> i i think that like just being raised by people that are selfless mm -hmm. and give without like unconditionally love unconditionally just like are present i think that's where it comes from because mm -hmm. i i want to be like them mm -hmm. like i want to give unconditionally i want to love unconditionally and and i and i hope i do too most and um Yeah, and but then you're right. Like it is a selfish sport, and that's probably the hardest part of the whole like showing up to being a part of the industry for me. Uh, that that was the biggest biggest thing that I faced, and Jess helped me a lot with that. Just like kind of, I think Jess be believed um, believed my worth before I did within mm -hmm. like this, and and like that kind of stuff. So I think that's really, that was very selfless of her. Well, that's like so, giving unconditionally. It's so amazing you know? how many people bring Jessica Kamara up about yeah. this thing, of her believing yeah. in so many people. It's just mind-blowing. Um, And I think that's a, that's a really perfect example yeah. of the topic we're just on. Yeah. Someone that, like, by bringing other people into the spotlight, just, like becomes a better version of themselves, I think. And 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 that I'm super thankful for. And and I know without like Jess, I wouldn't have been in this or I mean you never know, but still like yeah. I think it was a really, really big thing on the way for me. I have a question yeah. which does come up. I hear it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um because I, you know, I'll go out and help people out and I've come across people that are very selfish at the spot or on a mm. trip. I mean, it's, you know, you hopefully can choose who you're with, but sometimes you don't always get that opportunity. Have you ever been on a trip? You don't need to name anybody. And how do, how do you handle that kind of energy? Yeah, for sure. I've been on trips where, where like you're not, you're not even in your right mindset because you're so distracted by, by your own feelings. Mm. And, and that, then that comes back to the choice Like what we talked mm -hmm. about earlier, like, okay, you find yourself in these circumstances or this situation where you don't thrive and you know you're not going to shine. Are you going to choose to um, be ignorant to the situation and, and, and keep going? Or is it something that's very, like, personal and dear to you? You might have to speak up and maybe choose to make a little bit of a bad atmosphere at that point because it might be important to you. All right, Mike. Uh, question, do you think you know what it's time for right now? I have no idea. <coughs> Let me tell you okay. something. It's a little segment we like to call Name That Video Part. Ooh. Wow. Big moment. 
Mike, Name That Video Part is presented by Woodward. Wow. Have you ever been there? I have. I've only been in the winter, and I, it was a great time. But I heard in summer it just really goes crazy, too. Yeah. Uh, you ever ridden a mountain bike? No, I never have. Well, you might want to. You can learn. You can learn how to do a backflip up there. You wow. do one in the foam pit, and then you go take it to dirt. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I love about it. Is every, I was trying to learn triple backs on the board and just pumped it into the foam pit twice and just took it to the big jump. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. Yeah, I've been I've been going for the uh, quad quad front mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. lawn dart. Yeah, I and like just that. practicing it in the foam pit. So <laughs> it's been good. I love that. It's good. I've actually gone there and uh, backflipped a scooter into the foam pit. Mm-hmm. I usually just highly hit, recommend. Usually it. just hit the tube park. Oh, the tubing's tubing. tremendous. Mm-hmm. Tubing's Jump. tremendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got great jumps. They got you got. I don't know if you've seen that Denver Ore clip that came out of Woodward Park. I have City. front seven, beautiful jalapeno toe popper. Mm-hmm. That guy went to the moon on that thing. He's, he's, yeah. That kid's got some talent. That landing was rough too. Yeah, it looked flat. Flat mm-hmm. landing, mm-hmm. real yeah. sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Woodward's a huge supporter of the show. Um, <laughs> you'll see coming out in a few weeks. Uh, they're doing Woodward up at uh, uh, Snowbird for Woodward Peace Park. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, should be pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, if you're thinking about going snowboarding in the greater Salt Lake area, it's about 15 minutes from Salt Lake, 20 minutes or so. And you're ripping hot laps. You might see some of the top pros there. You might see Sage Kotzenberg. Mm-hmm. Yep, lots of, lots of kids. So bring your kids up after school. They're open pretty late. And I think they're going to stay open for quite a, quite a bit longer. All right. Well, let's get into name that video part. Now, Ilva, how are you feeling zero to ten confidence level? I'm mm, feeling like three or four. I'm not too good with that stuff. Okay. I don't know. Three, yeah, three point five maybe. Yeah, let's go three point five. That's a that's a reasonable low score <laughs> for me. Okay. Here, yeah. we, here we go. Okay. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> that's Halder. Wow, you got it right. Yeah, Halder, awesome. and I want to say never not. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But awesome. Halder is, yeah. He's that, a hero. That was, yeah. So he's t- a national hero. <laughs> like, he's a global I, hero. Yeah, like this it, This is taught in school in Iceland. <laughs> so what you got here is a, it's a DB bag. We ran out, wow. of, we ran out of the Yeti bags. Uh, but you got a bunch a bomb hole prize pack in wow. here. You got all kinds of uh, bomb hole beanies and hats and mugs and all kinds Ooh, of stuff. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So uh, you actually earned that. You Merch. got it right. I was almost positive you weren't going to get it right. I was positive that I was. I I'm, I said 3.5, but I thought you were going to be a bit meaner to me as well. well <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I figured kind of the the marquee uh, Icelandic juggernaut yeah. they call Haldor might be a possible one. No, that's get. sick. I, I, like, I like that. Mm-hmm. I have a great story of the first time I hang out with Haldor. I was yeah coaching at the camp, fifteen or something. And it was the first time I did sake bomb. Do you know that thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the first time I ate sushi too. So um, we went like after the whole camp. All the people had been working and coaches went to like this um, restaurant in Akureyri where the guys are from, and um, they were all like, "Oh, we'll do sake sake bomb," and I was like. What is that? I was playing, acting like I knew what it was, you know, just trying to be cool. And then, <laughs> and then we did it, and I just like take a sip, and the sake was warm. I want to remember, like it was heated, and then it went into the beer, and I just chugged it, and I just like pretended that it was all good, and I was 
first time eating sushi as well. So I like held my mouth and ran into the bathroom and I just puked everything out. It was disgusting. (laughs) And I was like acting so cool as well when I got back, you know, like that was easy. It was so terrible. But yeah, that was one of my first memories with Haldor actually. That's, that's, <laughs> a, about that's right. par for the course. Yeah. Like standard <laughs> evening with Haldor. Mm-hmm. For part two of Name That yeah. Video part, before we get out of here, I'm going to hit uh, this one's for the listeners. So if uh, you guys know the song, comment <laughs> on the photo of Ilva on Instagram, on the Bommel's Instagram. That's where we pick our winner. And uh, here we go. Great song. Great video part. I know that one. Thank God it wasn't the one I was guessing. I don't know it. I'm sorry. Well, you it's got old. your prize you got your prize pack, so we're yeah. all good. Thank you guys for playing. <laughs> Name that video part. Let's talk let's talk trick nerd stuff. Yeah. Let's do tricks. Okay. Uh, you, get, you got a mean back 180 onto the handrails I've noticed. <laughs> I've seen him firsthand at Rail Gardens, actually. Yeah. And um, the, so uninvited. Yeah. That flat down rail back 180 on heavy, heavy move. Is there Thanks. a story behind that? Um, I guess there's a story behind every spot, right? Um, yeah, I think I just, um, I had been getting really creative like trying to find like really creative spots and like new spots in Helsinki which is really hard trying to find cool colors and stuff and I think I got some some of that stuff already but that's like not that much tricks usually with those kind of spots you're just trying to make them work you know like one way or another you just have to make it work because it looks good and um, and I was like I guess feeling like I had to do some kind of trick so we went to this spa and I think a bunch of people have hit it as a down bar, like a, just as a down bar and someone hit it as a, like a down bar to like a creeper thing and stuff like that. But um, I was just thinking like, what what could I do like differently? So I decided to set up the lip like for that little flat part because I knew it was going to be like quite technical and I needed, or I didn't need, I wanted something technical for my part, I guess, at that point. And um I chose a trick that I knew was going to be really hard, and I did battle it, like probably 80 tries or something, like for a long time. Um, and I always ended up like going out of the kink at the very same spot, you know, just like getting thrown out of the kink, like every single try. And the dropper was kind of funny because we had we had it pretty close. Uh, that was a rookie mistake, I guess, but it was really close to the to the spot but there was like um the roof where the dropper was was really low so if anyone else were to be hitting that spot they would have had to been like bending down because i was so short i was able to stand up on there and um yeah then i and on the other side of this school um another friend saska um who was filming for melter at that time was hitting like a down flat down and then him and um, Tuka, like the filmer, come over and they're done. And he got the clip and I'm like, oh, my God. And when I see them pull up, that's the one that I land. And it might have just been my mind going like, fuck, he got the clip already and mm-hmm. I'm still here battling. Like, mm-hmm. So I just like uh, landed it on that try. And 
Hanna was on the cam there and she just like loses her shit and <laughs> it was really fun. That's dope. Yeah, because it was a battle for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I was there like almost whole day probably. Yeah. I could probably be there my whole life and never get back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was him. Um, that was so sick. Yeah, a technical one for mm -hmm. sure. Oh, um, I was curious about um, just thinking about <laughs> being, Ice, being from Iceland mm -hmm. and lived in Sweden. Yep. Now, do you think in Icelandic or what language do you think in? It's a good question. I think I swap a lot between those. I probably think mostly in Swedish. I've lived there for so long and like, yeah, I just like, like I, I live there and my boyfriend's Swedish, so he's probably the person I talk mostly to. And and I think, yeah, most mostly in Swedish, but probably I swap. Like if I stay... In the States for a while, I'll probably start thinking in in English. Or if I stay in Iceland, I'll think in Icelandic. Yeah, I think it's just uh, not sure, actually. So this has been kind of a complete uh, train wreck as far as like a structural conversation because we're just letting it go where it <laughs> yeah. goes. But it's been a great conversation. <laughs> um, you know, but to go back to your story here a little bit, thinking about the first time I ever saw your footage was in The Uninvited. And, you know, you, I'm, I'm just curious, how did you get into the Uninvited crew? Yeah, so um, that winter, um, where, when they filmed the first Uninvited, I think the first was, like, separate parts. It was Ivica and a couple of other girls that had, like, separate parts. And then there was a movie, like, the first movie. And that year when they were filming that first movie, I, I had been, like, working a bunch and then going to to Revy to spend my like winter like um two months I was gonna stay in Revy and I have a great friend up in Revy Johan Rosan like uh, um yeah big big shout out um who who we went to visit and like just get out into the powder and uh he he happens to be like a great friend of the Wasted Youth crew um and uh and yeah Wasted Youth crew like filmed or just filmed with them a bunch and um yeah so when that year and and i guess johan rosan my friend from revy knew that she was making a video and and he just hit her up on like on like um probably called her or something just like hey i have a friend and like she's been like killing it or something and like She's pretty sick. Like you should, you should ask her for clips or whatever. And and later on, I've learned that Jess, um, Jess had just like when he asked that, he was like, "Are you dating this girl?" And he's like, <laughs> "No, no, it's a friend of mine." Like, and uh, and she's like, "Okay, then I'll look at it." You know, because she didn't want you know all those like just people coming in because they have some sort of I don't know connection. She wanted it to be like purely from the passion and. Sometimes if someone recommends someone, I guess it might be like more the people recommending them, wanting them to succeed than the actual person who is snowboarding. Uh, but yeah, and um, and he like, I guess, gave her my contact and then Jess Kimra just like sent me an email, I think was the first thing. And I was like, holy <laughs> fuck. I like kind of lost it a little bit. <laughs> and I had been like... I think ever since I started snowboarding, I have filmed because we were skateboarding first, me and my brother, and he had like a little handy cam and we would like film each other. And then 
I got a snowboard and he didn't. So he would be like the one like holding my hand running and then like I'd be all in four stairs and he'd be filming that or something. You know, like we were just like skating on the snowboard at first. And so I, I had filmed a bunch of clips like that winter just because I always filmed street because I loved it. And um, yeah, I sent just my clips and and she was like, I remember her exact reply because it was so big to me, I think. She was like, holy shit, your clips are fire. I remember that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. And, yeah, ended up she ended up using those clips in the first video. Like, um, I think I got, like, five or six clips in the first Uninvited. Um, yeah, and that winter I didn't know I was filming for that. I was just filming because mm -hmm. I liked snowboarding and filming. Yeah. So I think that's kind of, like, the story behind that's incredible. that yeah. yeah and then so that must have sparked something mm -hmm. because then you went uninvited two, uninvited three back to back ender's ballroom mm -hmm. yeah that's let's, crazy let's talk about that mm -hmm. um yeah so jess just i guess saw my potential and and all the girls in the first video were super cool they like most of them like hit me up after the video or like they've seen the video and the video came out and we're like really hyped on my snowboarding and stuff, which was really cool because to me, they were like, I didn't know that, like, I thought they were all pro. Like, I thought everyone that filmed for the first Uninvited were pro snowboarders. I had, like, no idea that they were all just, like, up-and-comers as well. But, but like, Maria and a lot of the other girls uh, hit me up after that first video being like, hey, would you film or whatever? And that, that was really cool. And... um yeah, so after that, um, yeah, Jess asked me if I wanted to film for for the videos, and I wanted to because it was sick. And, yeah, I didn't know that I had Ender in the, like, in the videos. Like, I, I had no idea. I was just helping with the, like, yeah, I was probably trying to get her to take all my clips out and she was arguing to keep them in the video and <laughs> then she made a part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was really, really cool. And I think that was like, yeah, I still I still don't think that that was necessarily the correct ender to those movies, but I still think it was a really, really cool thing for me. When did yeah. you find out? Like, did Were you at like a premiere? Or? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the first one or the second video didn't have any premieres it was in COVID middle of COVID mm -hmm. so um, then I just saw it when we got the finished version mm -hmm. um, and uh, on the third one we had a premiere in Stockholm and me and Hannah were there <laughs> with all the friends at home in Stockholm and yeah Hannah got opener and I got ender and it was just a crazy night we were just like crying and <laughs> being super fucking so hyped sick. and proud yeah yeah that was really because cool. you go to the premiere and it comes on and you're like i have no idea where my part is yeah i don't know what yeah, song did they you, use. yeah did you start when it when it started coming through where you're like wait we're getting close where to the is end my, my part oh, yeah. you were like is, wait a did second they forget it did oh, i get cut i was so nervous just because i also like really liked a lot of the other girls parts mm. and i was like oh, no that no no <laughs> you know when you're like yeah I think, yeah, it was really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And then I, then again, like, it's up to whoever is making the video. And it doesn't necessarily, like, find everyone in the right way, like, who gets Ender and who gets Opener and whatnot. But, like, for me, that was huge. And I'm very thankful for mm -hmm. that. Yeah. 
That's yeah. really cool. I think I think that that's something that's really special when editors do that. I know a lot of videos are switching to like montage based, <laughs> but if it's a park mm-hmm. based video yeah. and you can kind of like shelter the rider from knowing that they have ender or opener mm-hmm. and not tell them, it's like it makes it so much more special. That's really cool. Yeah, it was really cool actually. Yeah, but yeah, I've always been into filming streets even before uninvited. You know, just with friends and like or basically trying to drag friends out because I was mostly like the force in it and like, hey, we should really, really go film something. And sometimes I, I got a GoPro once and I, I would put it on the ground and like hit a street rail by myself, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous when I'm thinking about it now. But that's how much I liked it. Like I really enjoyed the process of it and like building your own spot and whatnot. And they were like awful spots at the beginning, of course, like uh, – one eighth of a rail or something <laughs> with a huge lip and me with a GoPro on the ground, like ridiculous. <laughs> but that was just kind of how it started. And, and I was so into skateboarding. I think that's like why I was so into street snowboarding at first. And also like we didn't have a park or anything in where I, where I started snowboarding. But yeah, I think like for one of the first initiatives that I made to like actually going to film was to go meet up Sara Sakinen, like a Finnish ripper um, in Helsinki. And that was like my first time, like, I'm doing this. I'm like going to another country. I went to Finland to go film streets. Like, yeah, I wanted to do that real bad. That's so cool. Yeah. Also a really good point, because, you know, snowboard street snowboarding is like kind of low on the on the echelon tier of, of snowboarding, right? Like the kind of the elitist... Mm. Top tier is like powder, right? You mm-hmm. ride powder. And yeah. and I think that's a great point as far as environmentally, you didn't even all you had was essentially backyard street spots. So yeah. um that's that's just like an, another important thing to highlight. I think yeah. I mean I'm, I'm a street snowboard sure. advocate in some ways. Um Yeah. No, I think that's a that's a really like you just snowboard on whatever is in front of you when you start snowboarding, if you love it. And that was all there was. Like, there was stairs to jump down or, like, a little ledge in, like, close to my house or behind my school or something. And that's where I could snowboard. And then getting, like, a little bit older, I could, like, hitchhike or get a ride to the mountain. And, like, that that was, like, a really cool, I think, and appreciated period in starting snowboarding, like... I was just like a teenager and I knew I loved to do it, but there were only that many days and that many opportunities. So whenever there was an opportunity, I just like, I'm going to go like right now if I can. And then just the community being so open, you meet the right people that like want to help you out and like, you know, just like see that you love it. You know, we've all like taken someone I guess, under our wings or whatever, when we just see that they're so passionate about this thing that you just, like, want to live through them because mm-hmm. they love it so much. And I think that's where I got lucky. Like, someone just saw how much I loved that. And, and like, yeah, like, older, like, people from from Reykjavik, they were like, hey, yeah, we were going to the mountain. Do you need a ride? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, I think that's how... Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a question. So coming up, uh, I, I met you, you were riding a nitro. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, in the past few years, I don't know how long ago it was, but you switched over to riding for Burton. Yeah. Uh, how did that come about? Um. Yeah. So 
Do you want me to touch in on the nitro time at all, or just like sure. straight to? I mean, however burn? you, however you want to take it. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that um, nitro was kind of a fun story because I, I, I was just snowboarding a bunch at that time, and um, and then nitro was gonna have an outerwear shoot in Iceland, so someone like um, yeah, like a friend of a friend or like a a surf photog in Iceland that's a friend of a great friend of mine. Um, recommended me because they needed like apparently they needed models, but he misunderstood that and he thought they needed snowboarders. So so he like recommended me and I and I went out there to like an outerwear shoot and I was modeling and I don't think that anyone at Nitra at that time had any idea that I loved snowboarding. Like they just thought I was like I don't know, but that's how I came in contact with Nitro and then it was just like that modeling job and then. I got like, yeah, flow boards, basically. But then um, after Uninvited 2, um, that's when, yeah, Burden hit me up. And that was because Burden was opening a store in Sweden. Um, so this uh, this uh, amazing lady, Lina, um, oh yeah, uh, she she's like the um, manager of like, in Scandinavia yeah like the big dog in Scandinavia and um she was like uh, trying to get a team on in Ber- in Bern Sweden because of the store and at that point I just like yeah filmed the for the second uninvited and that's how that all came about and um yeah yeah they definitely she and Jess helped me on the way being like like um so or kind of like helping me out seeing that I wanted it because for the longest time I would like almost actively not act like I wanted it because I didn't think I wanted it because I thought it was just like something that was describe that was, wanted it um so I thought and I sometimes I still catch myself thinking that like you get to somewhere because you're a girl or you get to somewhere because of anything else but you, you know. And for the longest time, like I touched on like tiny bit earlier, I would be like, um, I only want my snowboarding to speak for me. Like I don't want people to know who I am. I don't want them to know who I look or like anything. I didn't want to be like public. But then getting like just the pinky into the scene, then you know like, oh, People want you for you and your snowboarding is just a bonus. And that kind of just like opened up a whole new world for me, I guess. And then for that, like, I guess for that reason, I started to want it because I think Jess made it fairly clear to me that like you, you are like wanted and like you don't like, because I, I like, I always feel like for me, I'm not the best snowboarder out there. Like I, I, I don't think that I'll ever be best at snowboarding, but I'll I'm best at doing what I can do and like I bring me to the to the mix and I hope that will inspire other people and I know that inspires other people because sometimes other people tell me that and that that's kind of like Jess and other Lena and other other people on the way have like kind of put that into my head that like it doesn't matter like you are there because you deserve to be there and like you inspire people and that's that's a very cool thing to hear when you don't believe it and and getting to the point where you kind of start believing it 
It's really cool, mm. I think. Yeah. How special is it to have somebody that believes in you before you believe in yourself? <laughs> yeah, it's really, really cool, I think. And uh, and I really, like, I hope I'm that to other people because it's it means a lot. Yeah. 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 Jess yeah. could see it even when you couldn't, and that's fucking so rad. Yeah. Uh, we got a get. We got a Patreon question from Nikki Lorenz. Mm-hmm. It's a solid question. There, there are female events starting to pop up all over. Why do you feel it's important to make these spaces for women? And do you feel like there's more work to be done? Okay, that is a heavy question, <laughs> and we could probably be on that topic for a really long time. <laughs> um. And I think just that's because I care about this topic. Let's um, go. Yeah. I think we'll go from the like kind of start because for the longest time, um, I didn't want to admit that there was no such thing as women snowboarding. That word was like very negatively loaded for me. I thought that was kind of like separating and putting people into like different boxes, I think. and And it was such a like... I don't know, it, it sounded like a, a negative thing to me and I'd be fully ignorant to it when people would say, oh, you're you're the sickest girl I've ever seen snowboarding. Or, you know, like comments like that would like get me to the point where I'd be just like, kind of almost like fuck you. Because I it was so like sensitive to me. I, up until kind of, I guess, this wave of like women owning up to the word and like, Women snowboarding now is such a powerful, like, word, I think. But at the same time, it it is, like, kind of, it separates things. And and I think we need, we need that part of, like, women snowboarding uh, movement, let's say, to get to um, where we want to get to. And, and then where we want to get to is probably different for everyone. But in my head, where we want to get to is just like all having the best time, inspiring each other and being as great as we can be as a whole, like kind of community. And and like to do that, we need like the activist. So the activist comes in and like puts in all the hard work and like the blood and the tears, like kind of like uh, those women that came into snowboarding a bit earlier than I did, started doing. They were full-on activists, like Desiree and Jess and these amazing women that just have paved an in- incredible... Hell yeah. Uh, have paved, like, an incredible, like... And, and many more women before them, even. Like, just a just a little track for, for us others to kind of, like, let's say, join the movement if we see it as, like, a political thing, like... And and now it's very easy to jump on board on it, and you don't even feel like you're doing anything like um, political, but just existing as a woman in the community. Now you're already like almost in in that movement of like we're doing this together, just to hopefully get to this end point of where there isn't like just a women's event and a men's event, but like we meet in the middle and like. Or not even in the middle. We just meet where it's comfortable, and 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 that means not women have to work to adjust to whatever is going on. That means the women are also creating the event. They're creating the circumstances, and you know, like for that to come about, and when it's all like fully inclusive, and we don't have to call it like um, women's event or like uh, whatever, 
for that to like come about and be just like the way everyone I think naturally wants it to be like feel comfortable and and you know be fun like in the end we're all just trying to have fun so it just needs I guess it needs a it or it's uh, yeah I think it still needs some work to get there but it's a great question and I'm I'm lucky that I'm not a politician and I'm I don't want that route um so I don't know the answers to how we how we make it like great but I just I just know what I think would be great and and I'm happy that I don't have to or have to and have to put in all the work but yeah something like that I don't know if that came out right or came out great yep yeah we're yeah we're we're doing it and it's fun as hell like I remember for the longest time when you're filming this would be a normal question so someone would be like do you like filming with boys or girls more? What kind of question is that? Like, I like to film with my friends. Like, and if that's boys or girls, I don't think that really matters. You know, like, but that was a pretty normal question a couple of years ago. But now nobody, no, nobody answer, asks that question. Nobody thinks about that because, like, it comes down to, like, personalities rather than, like, your gender. Like, it has really honestly nothing to do with it <laughs> like it's just like how you interact with other people and stuff now i'm curious when just to get a little more specific with mm-hmm. uh and excuse my ignorance for this question but i think it's a good kind of could be a good wormhole to go down mm-hmm. when you look at like the end goal specifically yeah. are you are you talking about <clears throat> uh you know more women snowboarding period like in general are we talking about like men and women uh coexisting in videos more frequently are we talking about teams being equal like i'm just kind of like curious because it it was a little bit vague and i'd love to hear what your vision is a little bit more particularly yeah um yeah i guess i don't have the answers to it and that's why it's vague i don't i don't know what is the end goal like i think that i think that more women uh, getting involved in snowboarding is like gonna benefit snowboarding so much and that's why i think that yeah that could be some sort of end goal to have it like more more women in snowboarding period like every aspect of snowboarding not just like just every aspect of like daring to take up space and and daring to own it kind of and 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 being like proud of themselves because i'm not there and and i wish i was so like we we need more women to like fully own up to like I'm here and I'm I'm showing up and like I want this and because I know there are many that do but to them whoever is like thinking like that I think this fake it till you make it mentality is great like really because in a in a certain like like when you get to the point of like you know when you're I guess in circumstances that you find yourself quite like uncomfortable in, you're you're testing your boundaries of like, is this what I want? And you wouldn't know that unless you were there. And I'm saying this to myself just as much as anyone else, that like showing up is the number one thing. And that's why those like, the events that are all women events, um, 
are really, really cool because I feel like a lot of the women there to show up for that. But that shouldn't be, or to me, the end goal is not to separate the things. Mm. And that's why I would love to see that evolve into being that comfortable as you are on a women's event every day in your hill. Mm-hmm. that's what it it should come to like that's and and that then should like go to events as well and i think with the younger generation this is already happening yeah. and women are not afraid of success anymore which is fucking cool mm. we see that in the young girls they're not afraid of getting good like i just remember being so scared of like fuck what if like what if i'm getting better and like Because there is this certain mentality, which is like almost from movies and shit, like Hollywood movies, where there's always that one cool girl. And who who was the bad guys in those movies? All the other girls. And who was the guys that accepted that one cool girl? The boys. Fuck that shit. Like, that's so whack. Mm. So, like, I think that's what why our younger girls are so sick right now. They're not afraid to, like, be that successful girl because they know that the other girls will back it. And it's so sick to see that come to life and be a part of it in in one way or another. And I think it's just so powerful. And that's why we're going full on activist, all women's, because right now we need it, but in hope of not needing it later. Mm. Kind of like women voting or anything, any matter that has ever been politically brought up is because someone was an activist mm-hmm. and said, fuck this, this is not cool. Like, we're changing this. Mm. And and that, to these people, like, hat off. Like, that's an insane position to be in where you believe in justice more than your own well-being. Like, you're ready to go and go through shit, feel like shit, just because you know something is, like, something is more important than your own well-being. That's kind of what it is to be an activist, I think. And and I'm I'm not ready to do that in any ways, but I'm ready to jump on when someone already is going. And I think that's a choice. Like that's a choice that that should be very like um I don't know, I think to a lot of people that's that's where we can help. And and when we jump on that like movement, we feel good because we have like found ourselves and we care and we are ready to put in like certain amount of our energy into that, but not all of it. Mm-hmm. Like in a way, I don't know. I might be talking too much. No, you just hit some, you hit some flow state there. Uh, some good topics. Fuck. It's really good. You're going to have to edit all of this. No, no, no. <laughs> I like, I think the most, the most, power, Oh my God. The powerful thing I heard is uh, not, Scared of success, or however you worded it, and I don't think I yeah. the word you used, but that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also, you know, what came up for me when I was in that is, <clears throat> you know, I worked in pro snowboarding as a pro snowboarder, but also in the industry, and I'm starting to see more women in at the brands, yeah, in art roles or sales roles. Mm. Or it's not just the pro athletes; it's like the whole community, more women in. So, oh yeah, and it just it builds more attraction for women to join like the yeah. more involved that we make women yeah. in every part is going to bring more women to snowboarding too yeah. so yeah i think like, so yeah and it seems like i mean there's it's it's like uh an interesting topic because you know you think about i mean shit man like women 
I think I've brought this up on air before. I can't remember. We do so many of these damn things, but like <laughs> women um, couldn't even vote in the United States that long ago, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you're going to tell me that like that all of a sudden, like it just goes from like can't vote to like we're equal. Like, yeah. no, it doesn't. Like, there, like there's like kind of like generational mm-hmm. bullshit that's like traveled down that's in, in psyches of yeah. dudes that that we don't even know are in there. And so it's like it's it's important mm-hmm. to to realize to like first A be aware of it. Yeah. Oh shit, there is some gender biases going on here. This is kind of fucked mm-hmm. up. And then and then uh you start to see changes. But it's beautiful. I think like I don't know. I mean I'm not this is complex socioeconomic shit that I don't fully understand, you know, <laughs> and I'm a dude, so forgive me in a lot of ways. But I feel like it's beautiful in the sense that like a lot of my friends' kids you know, and my family's kids that, that have daughters that they're they're raising them not to be like it's like oh you want to snowboard like you're coming snowboarding you know yeah. where you, there's a little bit more gender norms there's like yeah. maybe the maybe the boy son's going snowboarding and and the girl's gonna do something that's not as dangerous yeah. or something you know yeah for sure I think I think just like I don't know in general with this topic it's always like a little bit. For me, it's still like a little bit touchy because I, for the longest time, I wouldn't even acknowledge that there was women snowboarding. And if anyone said that, I would say there's no such thing. There is only snowboarding because I loved snowboarding so much that I didn't want to be identified as anything within that. It was my free space. Like I can be just me. And then putting that into a box and like, and, and same goes for like when people say like street snowboarder or whatever, like. To me, that's like that just comes to identifying yourself, and like I've, I've like actively tried to choose to not identify as too many things because when you do that, not only like uh, do you find like safety in identifying as something, which is a positive thing, but you also limit yourself, and and that's like when you limit yourself, there's like there's there's these scary moments of like when am I being true to myself and when am I like being true to someone that thinks or like someone that I think myself as you know like that's the I think and that comes down to like what we think about like style and tricks and fashion and whatever in snowboarding like we always have such strong opinions and we don't like this and we do like that. And and I'm very guilty of this too. I'm like, I don't like this trick or whatever. But like by saying that you could always, you could also like kind of put yourself into a little bit of a corner because you don't allow yourself to grow then because like our style and taste and everything changes all the time. So like just by stopping and identifying and like pointing fingers it just like it might put you in like a bad spot and sometimes yeah sometimes it's good because we want to be a part of something and we want to be these like people who who have have it all together you know know what we are and then sometimes it's really bad i think i know can i elaborate on an example that was coming up as you were talking Mm -hmm. just because you got my wheel spinning yeah it's like Think about like Sean White, for example, right? Mm. Sean White, for me on this show, is sometimes a punching bag, right? He's an yeah. easy, easy target to make fun of. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Well, Sean White, I want, I want a snowboarder to be a fucking snowboarder, right? Like I want a snowboarder that like cares about the community, that shows up and is like 
at the hill that's like in the mix it's like about it that's like proud to be like i'm a snowboarder not a snowboarder that lives in hollywood or whatever my story about who he is but like okay so i'm hating on him because he's just not meeting my expectation of who i think a snowboarder should be yeah so i'm putting i have this i've created this expectation of who what's acceptable as a snowboarder and sean white's not fitting in my box of what's an acceptable snowboarder so i'm gonna fucking put him down and it really like you said it like actually limits our view on yeah. on what you're saying by by kind of creating parameters and expectations on who i think somebody should show up and be as when it's like kind of yeah. dope when it's more limitless like you want to yeah. live in hollywood and drive a lamborghini and fucking not give a shit about snowboarding and you fucking do whatever you want that's awesome right yeah. you know or whatever and and not only like other people but yourself you know yeah. when you put yourself into this like like ideal cool snowboarder thing like and then you're being so true to that recipe of like what a cool snowboarder is that you like forget what you actually think is cool so like i think it's a very it's a very good reminder for myself and like other people to just like don't take it so fucking seriously like sometimes you might like something different and it's fun and that's like that's kind of the funny part about snowboarding like the people that, like, really make it are the ones that, like, stick out, but just a little bit. Like, you cannot, like, <laughs> stick out enough to be, like, fully different. Then it's like, oh, fuck, that guy. Mm-hmm. But you have to be, like, follow this kind of recipe. And then you, like, just have that little spice of different. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's it's pretty funny. It's it's a fun um, fun little twist to snowboarding. And I, and I definitely think it's... It is positive as well because it makes us like, it's ma- it makes us connect in a way that we do like the same recipe and we do think same things are cool. So it's like there's both ways to look at it, all of it, but it's just like a it's a funny little twist to snowboarding when there's like someone that's really really being authentic to themselves and like really sticking out and great at snowboarding, but they're almost getting like laughed at, right? And then you have that person that is just like somewhere between being that like following the classic recipe of what a snowboarder is and then just taking a little spice from that person that's fully like mm-hmm. blowing and like growing within their own creativity which is really beautiful and and authentic and awesome per se but it it doesn't seem to sell and that's why we cannot we cannot put our money on this you know like th- there's these yeah it's it's pretty fun it's a uh, it's fun and funny. <laughs> I don't know. It's really true. I mean, it's the same <laughs> formula know. in music, too. Like, every yeah. hit yeah. song is, like, mm-hmm. 90, 90% yeah. same. Yeah. And then you have Fully. a 10% tweak to make it Fully. work and make it commercial. Yeah. It's too far out so, there. Nobody fucks with it. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. I, I can't, you were talking about, like, I think about, like, 10 snowboarders that I've yeah. known that were incredible, but, like... Yeah. There's Zany Chris, and there's mm-hmm. Zany Todd. So, you know, it's I, like, I, I kind of want to play devil's advocate right now. Okay. Go for it. Because I like it. All right, this is maybe <laughs> this may be contrary to popular belief, mm-hmm. and I, I haven't really thought this one through. Okay. So I'm just, but I'm just kind <laughs> of stream of consciousness here. But like, part of what I think makes snowboarding cool also mm-hmm. is that like you don't just like, like if you, I mean, in terms of getting, let's just say like respect in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of like that you're. It's not. It's it's like like I'll take skateboarding because I'm a little more detached from that. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just I'll use skateboarding as an example because it's easier. And I, the way I view skateboarding is like people aren't just like 
oh, you're in, dude. Like you're 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 like we're we're boy like we're boys. You're she's she's my dog right out of the gate, right? Like you kind of <laughs> you kind of got to like acquire a skill set. Mm-hmm. People are kind of vibe checking you. They're kind of <laughs> like hesitant, and then like you're you're kind of you're kind of in. Like you have to you have to kind of earn your way in. Mm-hmm. And and I do feel and I maybe that's counterintuitive to this community thing. And maybe I'm maybe I'm contradicting the fuck out of myself. But I think that there's something that's a little bit beautiful about that because I think about mm-hmm. maybe like, like, and I don't know why this annoys me, but like for example, like Harley Davidsons, right? I see like Harley guys, like somebody, somebody, you just buy a Harley, mm-hmm. and you buy a leather jacket, and you're like, I'm a Harley guy, and like you don't yeah. even need to know. To, there's no real skill set involved. There's yeah. no real. <laughs> there, you're just you. Just I bet they th- like. They don't agree. Whoever's in that community is like, they, no, no fucking way. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that's my observation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like, in that, and I'm probably wrong with that. Yeah. But I think that that um, in skating, I I I do like that. There's a bit of a like you got to yeah. earn your way. You got to earn your seat at the table. And maybe maybe yeah. I'm contradicting this whole conversation. No, I don't think no, you are. I no, I think actually. that's a really good point, and I and I agree. So that that's like. That's the crazy part. Like, there's all these sides to the same thing. And you mostly, like, if you just hear someone out and you just give them a second to say what they need to say, you'll probably agree with them. Like, if it's not fucked up. So, like, I I do agree on that. That's, like, fully valid. And I think that to identify within something gives you such power in, like, being your own person. So, like, earning that respect, just like being at the skate park, the first time you snake someone, you're like... I'm it. I got it now. You know, like, because you have to get to that, like, conclusion yourself that, mm-hmm. like, snake or get snaked. That's how it works at a skate park kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, there, there's definitely, like, a really, like, because then when you do that, you feel part of it. And that gives that person or yourself, in that case, like, the validation of, like, I am accepted. And that's a beautiful thing. So, like, mm-hmm. walking that, ladder to get to the point of like being accepted in a community is really really cool Mm -hmm. and that's like really precious so in a way that is a really good thing Mm because it makes people feel more uh, selected and and like I guess precious and like makes them feel like they belong it's funny (laughs) because I go to the mountain and I see uh like in the line, there's it bright and it's like a million pros. Yeah. But if you really look around, it's like ten pros and like ninety people that don't give a shit mm-hmm. at all. Or there's people like Russell who he's in L.A. right now, living there, and like some fifty-year-old black dude will come up and be like, "I work at Amazon. I love snowboarding." And mm-hmm. he doesn't give a fuck about the tricks, but he's stoked on Russell because he's wearing the gear. And what are yeah. you rocking, Arcteryx, Supreme? Like that's yeah. the all. Every there are all these little lanes, but he it started with him being a yeah. pro snowboarder. Yeah. So it's like there's so many ways to do yeah. it. Yeah. But it really does come down to the core. Yeah. Snowboarding stuff. Yeah. Somebody like made an analogy to me. Uh, I think it was Brad Stewart, founder of yeah. On Fire. Smart maybe. dude. He was talking about the like. It was like a, a pyramid, yeah. right? Like, and it was yeah. like, you know, the the kind of the core is at the top of the pyramid. It's like five percent, ten percent, five percent. But there, there's kind of like behind it oh, yeah. follows the layers mm. of the industry, and and inevitably at the bottom mm. is probably like the general public yeah. that is a snowboarder, but yeah. maybe or a guy, a, a person who snowboards, maybe not a snowboarder, yeah. is at the bottom yeah. of it. Right? But they probably work a normal job, and their highlight of their life. Is probably when they get to go snowboard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So For they sure. love it. 
just as much likely yeah. that they just haven't turned their whole life into it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. we're psychos. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is there's yeah. this other part of it about being like trick snobs and like oh, this yeah. trick's cool and that trick's yeah. not cool. Yeah. And, and we're all guilty of it. Of like course. for sure. We can sit here and talk, talk like Jedi's, but I'm sitting here and I'm like, fuck that trick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. Be- because we have an opinion. Like we think some things are cool and we think yeah. other things are less cool. And that's like, changes all the time too mm-hmm. i think so that's pretty funny yeah it's super rare when someone is able to put it all together and then mm. forget it all and not give a fuck and mm-hmm. still kick still pull it yeah there's a few people that have pulled that off I think. I, yeah that's vague i need an example like, dude you gotta stop chewing that i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna stop <laughs> he loves the candy those Hell are yeah. so good dude you can't be having, you can't be munching that shit in the air but, headphones I don't know, like someone like uh, like Rav kind of plays that line a little bit. Yeah. Because he's like really fucking good and he'll do something gnarly, but then he can literally hit like a one foot transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just be wild with the edits and the yeah. music yeah. and the f- he doesn't give a fuck. But it's really, it really is still using the 80% for- formula is all yeah. there. And then it's, yeah. the sauce is just turned up a little harder than most people. Yeah. And I, I, that's a great topic. Like, uh, Jibbing smaller stuff, making it look good. I think that is like that's my dream. I would love to be able to make very small spots look great. Like that that's so cool. But that shit's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? Like it's insane. insane. Like Scott Stevens or Brad yeah. or or Len Jorgensen. Mm-hmm. We have Alec. We mm-hmm. have all those Auntie Ursula, like all those Euros too. Mm-hmm. Throwing them in the mix. Let's get it. <laughs> Don't forget, the, don't forget yeah. the damn scandals. We're right? keeping that yeah. chip on. The, yeah. yeah, but it's a it's a crazy skill mm-hmm. to be able to like, and and you know all of these people are incredible at snowboarding too. You know, it's pretty fucking wild. It, mm-hmm. It's so much easier to yeah. go like I'm gonna fifty fifty this giant closeout and drop mm. like two stories. <laughs> it's gonna take me three tries. It's gonna be scary as fuck, but it's not gonna require much skill. Yeah. Whereas, like, you see somebody like Rav or, or Scott or they're like Bertner or somebody that's like kind of mini shredding. And yeah. like, I go, I'll be riding the same thing. And I'm like, I, I am physically not good enough to do yeah. what they're doing. It's like a board control thing. I think it's just like a, like a really, I think it's a really cool thing to have to be able to snowboard on whatever is in front of you. Mm. And I think like, Okay, now I have the chance to hit something really fucking big and get some crazy adrenaline. Fuck yeah. And then you get something else in front of you and you're like, okay, how can I make this look good? And uh, for the most part, you probably fail. But then like that one clip is like, oh, that looked sick on that thing. You know, like, so yeah, I think that's a really, really cool take on snowboarding. Just like, not not like, like just, I'm not saying that like, I only would like to watch mini shred because that's not true because i like the gnarly stuff too i like to see someone go crazy you know but there's like there's so fun to see someone that can do it all and i think to me that's the most charming aspect of snowboarding is being like being able to getting into the flow of just like snowboarding and looking good while doing it Mm. wherever whenever i think that's the coolest thing Mm mm-hmm Cooler than being fully gnarly. Cooler than being very technical on, like, certain things. Just, like, mm-hmm. the coolest thing is just, like, when you see someone feeling good 
like being able to make magic out of nothing is so sick. Or or if it's like making magic out of something mm-hmm. crazy, it's still fucking sick. It's always fun I when agree. you're watching somebody mm-hmm. ride and you're like, that person looks right on a snowboard. Yeah. It just looks yeah. right. That's a, that's a really like, I think that's everyone's goal, like in snowboarding. Like, or maybe not. That's the cool thing. We're all so different. Some people like maybe just want to test their boundaries of what am I physically capable of doing and that's really good for them but like for most people i would say that film video parts that's the goal like have some of some like their own flavor to bring to the table and that's like my dream to be to be able to look like like carry yourself as you and like you could be wearing whatever clothes and you'd still people would see that's you i think that that's like the coolest thing we we heard Jamie Lynn on this show describe uh, snowboarding as a vehicle for self expression. I always that, yeah. that really jumped out at me. Yeah. Do you does that speak to you at all? Yeah, very much. I think that's a beautiful sentence to take into your like vocabulary or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really cool. And I think that's it's fair to say that most people that film video parts feel the same way. Question. Yes. Have you ever hit a smelling salt before? I have at the Bird and Fall Bash. Yeah? How was your experience? Crazy. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The Fall Bash was sick. Really, really fun. Big Burton party? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So fun. Okay, how do we just squeeze squeeze and go? (laughs) (laughs) I think I saw liquid come out. Wow. Plug it in there. Ooh. The strong back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. Ah, that would hurt. I've been a little. You're going back in? Yeah, this is gotta, a good batch. If you hold it like batch. three, four inches away, you can kind of ease yeah. into it. Ooh. Again, these are run through wall smelling salts available at bombhole.com. We might be sold out right now. In some <sighs> satanic way, it's really nice. Yeah. Like, you kind of want, you, you know how I mean. Like, yeah. we're all doing it, like going yeah. back for it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, when does like, this like, help? It's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. Like, I can't stop. Smelling. It's oh, like God. when someone says, so smell bad. my boots. They yeah. smell so bad, and you have to do it. Yeah. It's yeah. true. These wake, That's me, these wake you up. It's actually not a great analogy because they, they actually have a good effect, though. It's not like smelling somebody's boots. You actually get energy from these. Is it, like, does it help if you're having, like, um, cold? Do you think I it's think good? So. I think it helps with just about everything. I think it's, cool. like, uh, it's like a kind of a fix-all for all ailments. Okay. Yeah, your, like, your foot should feel better. Yeah, your foot, yeah, your ankle should be healed. Now. Hell yeah. Should be healed in the next what two, three hours smelling after smelling salt that. on yeah. there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's, it's kind of more of ho- it's homeopathic. <laughs> it's actually homo- it's a homeopathic. Okay, so cool. actually, one thing I've seen Mike do wow. is is do a smelling salt and and physically run through uh, a wall, okay. a sheetrock wall. Really, it happened. Yeah, yep. first cool. time I did it, I didn't know what to do. I freaked out, lost <laughs> my shit, ran at the nearest wall and just flew right. Yeah, through. we we have wow. footage of it. Julian, you, you can throw that on the screen, right? Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, well, that'll be looping while he, while he talks about that. Um, all right. So let's get into it. Let's talk about, speaking of running through walls, maybe we get into this big-ass 50-50 that you grace the cover of Method with. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is unreal. Cool. The thing is size large. Yeah. Uh, it's a monster. XL. Yeah. Yeah. That thing is, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a supersize me type mm-hmm. of situation. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. 
yeah, that was a big spot for sure. Um, I didn't find that one myself. The crew found it, like Yarsi and Tatu and um, and Rene and and I we were on a trip in uh, northern Finland last year. So, um, yeah. Sorry, late to the air horn party on that. No, you're all good. It's a good crew. Love filming with those guys. We have a great time. Um, yeah, so we're making a video, and it was supposed to come out, like, this fall, so two years, but Rene ended up getting injured, unfortunately, in the beginning of this season. So uh, it was all just put on hold for one year. So we haven't filmed this year for it, and then next year will be the year for filming it so we're gonna have to wait a bit for the clip but um yeah that was a crazy crazy spot and we built for probably all in all like 12 hours to get that spot going uh it was a warm day and all of and it was right in the sun so all of the snow around had melted so we had to like carry the snow from probably like was it like 100 meters away and every like just going up in the forest and trying to find some snow that was in the shadow of some rocks or something crazy to build the um, in run and the lip for that thing. And then luckily there was some snow down there. We had to move it probably like also like 100 meters or something to get it to the right spot. But yeah, that was a heavy build and it was like a really dirty snow. It was like just the the dropper and the lip was crazy like probably like 50 percent just like dirt and yeah just um it's just like those um yeah you gotta go off the end of that thing there was no nothing else so and it was really rough at first but we had a rub brick and uh also like drooped wax on there so what about yeah. the what about the snakes oh yeah <laughs> i told them off air that um that that day was like the first probably hotter day of like the spring so this there were so many snakes when we were building it they were all like crawling out to like sunbathe and it was just like a bunch of snakes we saw around that spot it was like pretty crazy we were just like yeah just like harvesting the little bits of snow we could find and and then just like making sure to not step on snakes it was pretty fun yeah, that was a crazy one for sure. Now thinking about uh, a trick like that—that's a straight up no fall zone. Right? You yeah. can't you can't go down on that. Um, yeah, I mean you can go down in the landing, which you, I did a couple of times. But you can't you can't I <laughs> heavy guess you can't heavy impact early. You can't come oh yeah, off early. yeah, true. So how did you how um, did you get yourself in the mental mindset to? Um, yeah, good question. I think I was just like, um, yeah, I was just. Hyped to do, I don't even know, you know, those things where you just kind of do them and you don't know how it works in your brain. But I kind of like when I'm at a spot that I think is scary, I usually just want to go like right away. I don't want to stand and like so like I'll be going, OK, is cameras, everyone ready? Then I strap in so I can fully just drop mm -hmm. when I'm strapped in. I don't like to like hesitate on the top of scary things. So I think just that's what I did. Uh, I probably just like waited not even looking at it like not even looking at the spot until I like know we're on we're doing it and then I just want to like yep ready drop kind of thing that's a good so tip. yeah I think for me that's the way to do it because I will get in my head for sure probably if I if I don't do that 
So, mm. yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably how I did it. Just I like, heard, heard you had a fun night, too. Oh, sidebar. Uh, <laughs> major shout-out to Tattoo. He, uh, yeah. He shot the photo, and then yes. he's also hooking us up with some... We're going to have some prints for you to sign, so we're going to be selling Hell them yeah. on bombhole.com. Of this cool. tremendous 50-50. So yeah. let's give him a huge, huge air horn for that. So thank yeah. you so much. And I want to hear about the night you found out that you were on the cover of uh, Method. Yeah, that was a fun night in Innsbruck. But yeah, it was a wild night. We um, we ended up getting a back-to-back cover on like two different issues, me and Maria. And this mm-hmm. was the only premiere we did like uh, together. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of us except... Um, Dave was not there, our filmer and editor. But um, yeah, uh, me, Nora, and Maria, and Grace, we were all there. And it was the only, yeah, huge shout out to those ladies. They're killing it. Um, yeah, it was just like so much fun. Uh, Innsbruck Street Jam was, uh, it's just like celebration of snowboarding. Pure like hype and everyone is there to have a good time and you could see it and then we got the covers revealed and first i didn't see that it was me on the cover because i knew that the i knew that that footage wasn't coming out for another year so i was like not expecting that at all and i just look up to the screen and i see and i had a feeling that maria was gonna get a cover with that photo uh because it was so sick like the way the sea rail and the buildings in the background also kind of form a sea and it's just like like a very beautiful photogenic photo of that spot and um and i just look up behind me and then that's her cover and and I just freak out. It was so sick. And we're just like celebrating. Maria got a cover. And then I'm back in my seat. And that's when we kind of all see that the other photo is like also a cover for of, of my shot, which was pretty crazy. But I guess I was just so not like I hadn't seen the photo since the spot. And I knew this footage wasn't coming out for a bit. So that's why I didn't even see it. So that was pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, and then that same year you got uh, mm. the drop in from Hot Cocoa, also. Yeah. Another, so you got two covers this year. How was it when you figured out you got land on the other snowboard mag? Was that what it was? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. We were all at the um, um, we were at the Fall Bass in Vermont at the Burden headquarters. It was a great time. I I love hanging out with these people at Burden. Like everyone's so sick. And um, yeah, we we were doing this kind of, there's something kind of like a first tier program, kind of like your Patreon members or something like that, where um, where people get like first dip on like the new gear that's coming out and, and some stuff. And we were filming some kind of a video for that. I wasn't like a huge part of that, but all the writers, we were filming like this thing for the first tier viewers. And, and we'd done like a skit many times. We were like, it was like a commercial type thing. So we were filming it probably three or four times. And then the last time, like, um, so late I was walking with like uh, some kind of like packages and then she walks in and, and on the packaging is the, like the cover. And, and instead of like playing the actual skits, she like walks up to me and the camera goes on to me and I'm like, I'm not supposed to be talking in this thing, you know? <laughs> I was like, oh no. And uh, and then she passes me the cover and that's how I found out. And it was really sick because because um, yeah, she was there as well and she shot the photo. So it was really, really cool. We got to like 
get the reveal at the same time. I, I think that she knew we had a cover, but but we were both there, and it was really, really cool that we got, a, got a reveal like that. Yeah, that was really, really cool. Uh, pretty epic experiences, you know. Something that you can't like dream about, even getting mm-hmm. covers. It's crazy. Absolutely, especially in mm-hmm. the day day and age of you know back in you know especially Mikey's heyday, the amount of mm-hmm. issues that there were of magazines. Now, you know, there's only a few issues of, yeah. of each mag a year. If True. if you know, Torment only does one, mm-hmm. and so to get a cover is a, a bigger yeah. deal now because yeah. there's less. Which yeah, is, there's probably like eighty you could get. In, yeah. Back in, in, Per year back yeah. in the day, now there's probably like 25 or something. Yeah. If that, yeah, if that, yeah. <clears throat> and it's it's very cool because I think both of these things is some like both of these photos are photos that I'm really hyped on. Mm-hmm. Like, because um, there's always like gonna be that question in your head, which is like, ah, oh, did I get this because mm. of you know it was sick, or did I get this because someone you know like is pushing the women for you know like there's that that still really pops into my head and like i wonder if i just got covered because of that or this or that but then i know for a fact that i'm really proud of both of those photos i I like them both and i think the photographers did an an incredible job and i think even the spots without me look great both of them so i'm like really hyped (laughs) you should be yeah you should be yeah yeah, well, I think that's, that's pretty a, cool. It's a good time to talk about Hot Cocoa because that's the latest, yeah. the latest and greatest project. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you guys, absolutely destroyed in that. Thank you. And it uh, seemed like there was a good, good vibe, good chemistry, uh, yeah. good crew. Yeah, I'd love to hear your take on filming for Hot Cocoa. And if anybody hasn't watched Hot Cocoa, go watch that. It's shit. a mind blowing video. Yeah, thank you. Game changer. No, I think we, me and Maria, have been talking about for since the first uninvited, where I had like five clips or something where she filmed the the under part for that and since then we basically talked about wanting to film together and we never have because we just like yeah it didn't align you know and uh, and i'd never met her before hot coco mm-hmm. like in person so um yeah when i got on burton like one of the first things that i did was hit maria up and say we should go film now this is perfect mm-hmm. like now we can do it and um yeah i was like fuck yeah let's do this thing and and maria was more than like she she took the lead on it which was like perfect for me because um i was ready to dream it and suggest it but i i probably i wasn't ready to put in the work that she did and she killed it on like the work ethic like she just went full out like she does best like just yeah being awesome and uh, we try to involve the other girls as well and and we got grace with us on on a trip and yeah it was just a great experience trying to trying to create something and I think for me like writing with Nora and Maria like I I see a lot of like difference in my writing like I picked different spots and I did different things just the way we like thrive off each other's energies and stuff like that and I think that was um that was definitely a good learning experience for me to like just yeah use other methods as well and you know like when you when you take something from everyone that you kind of film with and and use that and I I think both of them have inspired me a lot to like just um yeah I guess in a way, like think bigger. I've always been more of like, um, 
I'm such a feelings person. It has to feel good. But now I'm I'm realizing <laughs> that sometimes you can push through that <laughs> yeah. and do like crazy shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's fun. I think both of them have really inspired me in that matter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, there's that's a that's a fun yeah. blend to talk about too. It's <laughs> like snowboarding's a blend of like tenacity sometimes of mm -hmm. like not taking no for an answer. Yeah. Because you gotta have a little bit of that <clears throat> grit, but there's also yeah. like the feeling part of it that you mentioned is, is yeah. another factor that kind of almost contradicts yeah. that, but it's, it's fun stuff to yeah. think about. I think like there's so many different snowboarders that you film with and get inspired from that you just can take kind of like little bits of everything to put into you and that makes you more you, even if that feels weird at some point. So like um, I want to also like, shout out to some other friends that I've been filming with that have really inspired me like Naima for example and Henna and um, just like so Sara Sakinen as well like so many people that I've just been very blessed to been able to like hang out with a bunch and film with and get to like who I am through other people so I think that's really cool alright I think another thing we just didn't talk about we should is your drop-in cover shot mm -hmm. um, of Snowboard Mag. Yeah. Uh, Maria told me there was a cool story behind that. Yeah. We were in Ottawa for like three days while filming for Hot Cocoa. And um, there was a truckers rally in Ottawa. Uh, you probably all heard about it from the news. It was like crazy. There was all these trucks like just posted outside of those government buildings. And like they were having like cute barbecues and like they were pretty peaceful when we were there but i heard they got kind of like out of hand at some point but um yeah since that was going on i think that's the reason why we could get away with getting up on that building because it's a government building and um and the all the cops were so busy i guess and it was just a monday and there was people in the building working and and uh, we got we got a ladder and got up on that thing, and <laughs> Maria was helping me get up, and she's, like, terrified of heights. So she was, like, shitting her pants because she went up. <laughs> we had to go up, like, a couple of stores to get up on that thing with the ladder, and, like, she was holding the ladder, but I think she was, like, more scared than I was because she was, like, didn't want to go up that one step. So, like, on the back side of the building, we only had to go up two two times but then you'd go on the backside where I dropped and then there's three stories actually but yeah so we had to only do that two times to get the ladders up but it was pretty funny she was freaking out and obviously I was scared too and and we'd built like this tiny little landing thing and um when I come up there it just like I can't see the ledge because there's like snow hanging off of the thing so I can't see what I'm dropping into and I'm like just cutting the snow off the end and kind of like I told you earlier like when I'm when I'm scared or when I when I'm terrified of something I just want to do it like and I was like I was like I had taken the snow off and I was so ready to just like strap in but I just wanted like because we were waiting on the cameras or something like that and I was just like are you guys ready are you ready come on like because I didn't want to strap in until I I knew I could just kind of drop so yeah then then I did drop and and uh, and I didn't land the first one. I got like fully exploded down there. And then when we're climbing up for the second one, someone comes out and is like 
screaming at us, like kicking us out and like, we're going to call the cops or whatever. And, uh, or not screaming, but they were like, is someone on the roof? And I know someone's on the roof or something like that. And wow. I was just, oh shit. Like, but we go again and then we just went and got the fuck out of there. Cause yeah, yeah, we got, we got out before anything. So that was pretty sick. Mm. Two tries. Yeah, that was awesome. it. Yeah, I I didn't have an, um, another try. Mm. I I think that we would have been busted probably. And on a government building, I'm sure you can get in oh, trouble. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, big trouble. Yeah, so that was never pretty... back in Canada again, probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we should maybe get into hot takes now. Okay. Hot takes is pre- presented by Oakley. Mm. Uh, I run the Oakley Line Miner goggles that you can see behind me over here. And I always run the Oakley Mod 1 <laughs> helmet. Uh, new to the helmet game. Uh, it's got a nice little boa deal on the back. I don't know if it's actually, but it's got a little like knob that keeps the helmet tight. Um, and they just pair well together. I've had a couple different helmet goggle combos. That one works really good. And Oakley supports the show, so you guys should support them. Um, so to get things started uh, with hot takes, we always start with the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Um, but I, you know, as it, as it pertains to you, you know, your, yeah. maybe your goat, mm-hmm. uh, in snowboarding, both male and female. Yeah. Uh, I think we've kind of like talked about both of them here a little bit. I think for women, it's going to be just for me, um, being a huge fan before even getting to know her and, uh, just, yeah, an all around snowboarder, like sick in the back injury, sick in the streets. So I think that's like just for me. And then. I think Halder mm. as the male. Okay, next one we like to ask is, would you consider snowboarding an art or a sport? Yeah, I think um, both. For me, probably more art or, or more down that route, but both, yeah. Okay, <clears throat> who's the most underrated? Well, um, I want to give this one to my... My great friend Sebelanmark back in uh, Sweden. Yeah. He used to ride for Liptak in in the back in the days. Yeah. Okay, steel or powder? Powder. Yeah. Wow, definitive right. choice. All right, uh, best style ever. Christy Pryor. Damn, haven't got that one, but I like it. Yeah. Best method? Your favorite method? Probably Nicholas Muller. Okay, favorite video ever made? That one is too hard to answer. But, yeah, I, I'm i just going to go with, like, if someone tells me to name a snowboard movie because I watched it so many times. So I think it's that, for him that. It's not, I don't think it's the greatest movie ever, but I do think for me that's, like, one of the sickest movies that got me hyped on snowboarding. Mm. Yeah. That's perfect. Cool. Um, yeah. Best, or maybe just, maybe favorite's better than best. Favorite snowboard graphic ever? I think I got a snowboard from Nikita at one point that an artist called Tulipop made the graphics for. And all the different sizes of the boards had different graphics, which is really cool. And uh, one of the, I don't know which size it was or what, Exactly, but it was like a darker graphic with, with like these um, 
forest looking characters. Really cool. It's a great, great artist, like adventurous, cool, cool artist, I think. So I'm going with that. Okay. And would you go pants over or under the high back? What's your steel on that? I think I go under. Um, Most people do. These yeah. Days. I don't think I think about it that much. <laughs> but yeah, under. Used to be a thing back in the day. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you go mm-hmm. heliboarding with three people. Wow. And you're just going, you're just going to have a good time. Yeah. Who are you taking? And mm. again, again, I mean, you can you can choose somebody in snowboarding. Yeah. You can choose celebrities. It's kind of a there. There are no rules uh, yeah. to this. Okay. Whoever you want from any era to any like era, any dead time. or alive, whatever. Wow. We'd be we'd be pretty cool to go snowboarding with the Beatles. I think just like all of them in their young days. That would be cool. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but <dope>. yeah, <laughs> too many friends yeah. to pick from. But I love that. Yeah, let's go boarding with the Beatles. I like that. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, last question. Worst trend. Let's just go. Worst trend is um, is uh, not owning your style. Hmm. I don't know. Elaborate that trend? on that. Uh, I don't know. Just like being uncertain if if it's cool or not what you're rocking. Like you can make anything cool if you just rock it, kind of thing. But when you're like dipping a toe in, you know, mm-hmm. and like. Not knowing if it's cool or not, but you're still trying to rock it. I don't like that. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a trend? That's probably not no, a trend. No, I think that's a yeah. trend. Yeah, yeah, I totally think. I see, yeah. I see that. Yeah, like, you know, like jumping on something that you... Yeah, people buy style or they have style. Yeah, yeah. Because like in, in fashion and stuff, <laughs> you like anything can be really sick. Yeah. But if you carry it the right way kind right. of thing. True. For sure. Yeah. It's a good point. I Back. think of a... Yeah. My, yeah, totally. I always think about it in terms of gear. Yeah. Like Gigi Ruff could always like make the craziest Volcom shit look good. Yeah. But like you put it on somebody else, you're like, I don't know about those. Pants. Yeah. And you see Gigi wear them, you're like, damn, those are sick. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think it's like, it's pretty cool. Like those people that can just like put on anything and rock it, mm-hmm. it's because they're so confident mm-hmm. that they're just going to be like, wow, sure. look at that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really, really, yeah, it's fascinating. All right, Mike, you know what it's time for? No, I don't. It's time for the pub beer crapshoot. I love that. Do you know anything about pub beer, Mike? I do. It's an easy drinking, delicious beer, and it's super easy to spot. It's just white can, black logo, really easy. Are you familiar with their motto? No, I'm not. What is it? It's actually cheap, fun beer, Mike. Wow. I like that. Yeah. And uh, I'm not cheap, and I like fun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you're thinking about responsibly getting um, completely <laughs> obliterated <laughs> or, you know, having one beer <laughs> responsibly, I should say, for legal purposes, um, what are you going to choose, Mike? I'm going to shotgun a pub beer right now. God, I love that. Yeah. Okay. So um, what you're going to need to do here... Oh, I gotta, we got the theme song. i got to play the theme song. Welcome to the pub Hello. beer crap shoot. All right, roll some dice. We'll tell you what you got to do. Um, it's a five and a three, so eight. Eight. Tell us about a breakout moment that helped launch your career. A breakout moment that helped launch my career. Um, we, yeah, going to the States for the first time snowboarding, I think. I had been talking with Naima on Instagram because Jess said, you guys are going to get along great. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> and she was so right. Um, so I hit up Nye and me, Savannah, and I did a week in uh, Minnesota. 
And then after that, I went to Salt Lake for the first time. And um, while in Salt Lake, um, I met a bunch of people that that I think was was a really, really good route into like making a name, making a face in snowboarding. And one of those things was showing up to the to the rail gardens when L1 was filming there out of her video and, and uh, Leah, your ex-girlfriend, she <laughs> she really stood up for me there. Um, she was like, because um, I, I just happened to be in Salt Lake and L1 was filming like um, a video there and at the time I was getting like flow snowboards and uh, gear from a store con- called Stantal in Sweden. And, um, and I showed up to the rail gardens and then... <laughs> She's just there screaming, like, when, when we're jibbing and taking photos. She's just like, why is this girl not on the team? What the fuck, guys? And, like, in front of, like, everyone. It was so funny. But, yeah. Yeah, that was um, that was that time when I was in Salt Lake. And then there was that torment rail jam as well in the rail gardens and stuff like that. It was just a, yeah, good time to show up. Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. I was watching you mm. that's during that session as well at the whole time you were in the rail gardens and mm. you know, there's some people that are that are video part boarders that are you're just like you watch their part and you're like, holy shit, but they turn the volume down when they're just riding and they're <laughs> maybe not filming. You were fucking shredding. <laughs> it was all, I remember being like, Holy yeah. shit. Thank you. <laughs> She's insane. So that was that was cool to see. Like you're an in in person boarder, which is not oh, always yeah. the case. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Cool to hear. Thanks. Um, and it sounds like, you know, if I'm going to highlight what I heard there, sometimes mm. the trick is just showing up. Yeah, for sure. I think that was for me. Showing up and like, and kind of like daring to have success as well. I mm. think like, like owning up to it. I, I was being the worst trend at that time, you know, not owning up to, mm-hmm. to what you're doing. Mm. But yeah. All right, so I've heard from a few people now that you've worked quite a few jobs, and one that stood out to me was a flight attendant in ice. <laughs> and then yeah. once you had done that, you also attempted to do the same somewhere else. Yeah, so I've worked as a flight attendant, and that's kind of hilarious because I'm tiny. And um, I remember first time meeting Ivica, for example, she laughed so hard because she was imagining me like really tall just because she knew that. And then I was like this tiny little person. Um, But yeah, I guess uh, that was a really, really funny job to have for on the side. And it's really fun. Like I loved it. It's like um, high tempo, problem solving. It's like fast and fun. And you get to like, I went to the States a bunch, for example, and I, w- I would always bring my, like, skateboard in my, um, in my like, rolling bag sticking out of there. And people were like, what is that? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was a really fun job. And I think I would still do it if I could do it in Sweden. But, um, yeah, there's height limits to working as a flight attendant for the most companies. And they claim that this is, like, a security re- – or, like um, – it's like a safety thing that that you couldn't reach the like safety equipment that's above the heads. But like, if you're a problem solver, it's just like funny because you might be like way quicker at thinking than anyone else. Whatever, just like jump on the seat and grab the shit. Like, there, it's so easy. But in their head, I think it's more like to standardize the looks of like how a flight attendant's supposed to look. Like, you know, like she should be skinny and tall and 
pretty or something. I don't know. But yeah, I yeah, I work with that and I work with a bunch of other stuff. Just like I would work like half years, just like full on two or three jobs and then just go snowboarding like rest of the year. And um, yeah, then now I'm working a bit less. So like I can snowboard more, which is great. But yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's respect. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of respect. I mean, I imagined if I was a flight attendant, I'd definitely have to be climbing on the seat, putting stuff yeah. up. I'm yeah. sure you were the same. Yeah. yeah. And How tall are you? I am i don't know in American measurement, but I'm 152. So, I mean, you all know snowboards. So 152, pretty oh, yeah. small board. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good yeah. jib board. I guess, I guess yeah. Dude's jib board. Yeah, I'm 152. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> that's hilarious that it totally like makes sense when you do that yeah. conversion um all the flight attendants i know mm-hmm. or that i've met i don't really know any too well actually i do actually spencer's mom's one yeah debbie give her spencer name. Schubert. Mm. Uh, oh yeah cool they party yeah Is oh my god it's, it's like fun. a big party yeah <laughs> yeah it's fun I'm definitely a party person. I I love that shit. So I'd be having a great time. Would usually be like the full crew just going out to dinner and then party. Because you get like layovers for for a certain amount of time because it's like pretty strict with like um, you're kind of, it's called you're illegal when you're like you have to rest a certain amount of days after like a flight. So you're on your like, I guess, A game or whatever. Like you have to be sharp. So that's pretty cool. Because it's pretty, like, funny. Like, the, a lot of shit happens on these flights that you would never think about if you're, like, just a passenger. Like, people faint, like, all the time or, like, fall in the bathroom or whatever. Like, there's, like, so many, like, you're almost like a, like a kind of a nurse, too, and just, like, problem solving. And then someone might, like, go full crazy or, you know, like... There's all these things that's really easy to like hide from the rest of the plane if you're quick or it's like a total shit show if you yeah. don't react. And I think that's why it's like a, a little bit of like I, I have so much more respect for like flight attendances after I worked with it. Because I thought in my head, like before I worked with it, it was like just like serving food and like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> putting up the bags when people come. But it's quite stressful sometimes. But it's great. I like it. I love it. Well, one thing we always ask our guests that come through is we always ask them about <laughs> their snowboards and their setups. So yep. what uh, what board are you riding? How do you set it up? What's the deal? Yeah. Um, I'm quite a chameleon with the boards. Like, I like different boards. Um, right now, what I've had set up for riding is the Good Company, 145. Um, set up on the bindings right now would be like, 18.5 or something um and um uh, stance just varies all the time and my angles so i i wouldn't say i'm full geek there i just i just do whatever feels comfortable and then i might change that and yeah and then my street board would be a bit shorter and right now i ride the rewind for streets name dropper is called as well for the men's do you yeah. uh detune i do not you read Razor Sharps? Yep. Respect. Forward yeah. um, lean? A little bit. It's better on my knees. I have pretty bad knees. So, yeah, a little forward lean just for the body. 
And what other sponsors you're rocking? Got Burton Outerwear, uh, Crab Grab, yeah. and um, Operative Eyewear. That's killer. Mm-hmm. We, we got a good uh, Patreon question from one of our Patreon members about the Burton products. He says, "Yeah, I have questions about the Burton snowboards. Okay, does her binding hardware come loose quickly with the channels? No, not for me. For me, it's been really good. Like, I think." For me, since I got on Burton, I've because I'm a smaller person. Like it's sometimes with other companies, it's been hard to find good gear, you know. But but it's easy. They have the sizes in every size, which is mm. great for me. And I haven't had any problems with it. They make say. they make good boards. Really good boards yeah. and really good boots. Mm. I like the boots so much. By the channel system, I think it's just like a thing to get used to. Because some people are not used to it first, but it works really well. Yeah. I haven't had any issues. So, Well, I got to ask, uh, mm-hmm. what's what's next? I'm going to do more snowboarding. Uh, and I want to backcountry snowboard more. And I've, I've always, like, seen myself as, like, an all-around snowboarder. Not, like, the one or the other. But um, so I, I want to, like... I want to keep snowboarding to keep that accurate. Because if you go full streets, then you kind of aren't very all-round anymore because you don't spend as much time on your snowboard. Um, so, yeah, I want to get out a bit more in the backcountry. I still want to keep filming streets because I love it. And it gives me a lot of, like, creative outlet and and good good things. And I hope, and I hope I'll just be doing this for a long time. I... Really enjoy it, and I think uh, I think it's working with like inspiring people, and I think whatever people want to watch, that's good. So as long as that's relevant and people want to watch it, I'll keep doing it, you know. And yeah, do it for for me, and uh, yeah, hopefully while I'm doing it for me, I'm doing it for someone else as well to get them and hyped and inspired to go board and buy some gear and and have a good time. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, if you want to throw any thank yous out, you can before we wrap this thing up. Yeah. Well, um, I'm so scared that I'll just forget everyone. But so I'm just going to throw out a really broad thank you to like everyone. Um, I think it's thank you to you guys as well. It's pretty cool being here. I got to listen to the bumble all the time while I'm driving and shit. It's really fun. And um, yeah. Thank you all for listening and everyone that's helped me along the way. A lot of good people out there. They know who they are. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Yeah. Well, appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, appreciate you, Mike. Mm. Thank you. Appreciate you, Silk, running the appreciate production you. back there. And, of oh, yeah. course, all of our uh, listeners, Patreon members, sponsors. Um, we really appreciate you guys. And, again, thanks for coming on. That was such a fun chat. So, uh Thank you. Over and out from the bomb hole. See you guys next week. Got it. There it is.